Good evening, high school football fans. This is High School Football America for December 1st, 2016. I'm Jeff Fisher, host of the show and founder and editor-in-chief of High School Football America and HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Here we come, right down the stretch. Three weeks to go in the high school football season, and the games just keep getting bigger and bigger. Excited about tonight's show as we're going to give you an in-depth look at the big game in the country this week as uh, number three, Modern Day in Santa Ana, California, takes on number seven, St. John Bosco from Bellflower, California. It's part two for these combatants. St. John Bosco beginning the season, ranked number one in our preseason top 25, which is uh, created with our proprietary algorithm. Uh, they lost to Bishop Gorman and to Modern Day. Modern Day began the season in number four in our preseason poll. The, uh, both of those losses for St. John Bosco coming after a, a first-half lead. So uh, it's always hard, as we know, to uh, beat a, time, a team a, a second time around, although we're going to have uh, two coaches on the show later that uh, were able to do that. So we have a great show coming up here in just a little bit. As far as the uh, Bosco Modern Day preview, we've got it covered from all angles for you. We're going to talk with uh, Coach Jason Negro of St. John Bosco and Bruce Rollinson from uh, Modern Day. Had a chance to talk to them on uh, Monday at the CIF Southern Section Banquet, where they put all of the the 13 division combatants in one room and uh, celebrate the the season. It's a great event uh, held in Long Beach, so uh, we talked to them. And then we're going to bring in a couple of guys that uh, have spent uh, a good part of the season covering both of these teams for some real good in-depth coverage. Uh, We're going to talk to Dan Albano of the Orange County Register. He is going to talk about uh, the uh, Monarchs, and then we're going to have J.J. Fiddler from uh, the Press-Telegram in Long Beach talking about St. John Bosco. This is going to be a dandy ball game. Uh, first time around, uh, Modern Day came back and uh, won 26-21. You can check out those highlights from that great game on HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Also on the show tonight, we're, uh, we're going to talk uh, some uh, Beltway football as uh, Elijah Brooks will be back on the show, the head coach at DeMatha, number four in the land in the High School Football America Top 25. Uh, they won the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference. Uh, they had to beat St. John's a second time this year. St. John's uh, ranked in the top 50 uh, at High School Football America, and you can go to highschoolfootballamerica.com to see all the national rankings, all the regional rankings, our media poll, and our state-by-state polls. Uh, We break everything down in a nice, concise pattern for you, uh, state-by-state Uh, news there for you. Easy to use. And uh, don't forget, as uh, we move through this weekend, you can keep up to date with all the scores going on from around the country. Live scoreboards provided by ScoreStream And you can get the app and score along at your favorite team's game over the weekend uh, by going and getting the app in the uh, iTunes store or at Google Play. And uh, love our good friends at ScoreStream who have been along along for the ride this year and just really doing an awesome job of keeping fans from around the country updated with uh, what's going on as the games are being played. Hey, last night uh, we uh, had a big game in the top 50 as number 29 Hoover uh, had a great defensive effort taking down number nine McGill Tulin, the defending Alabama 7A champs. Uh, McGill Tulin uh, losing 17 to 7. Hoover coming up with uh, nine sacks against uh, McGill Tulin's quarterback 
Bubba Thompson, but uh, the Buccaneers are back on top. What a season they've had. Wouldn't be surprised to see them in the top 25 when we release our new top 25 rankings. We do it every Sunday before everybody else does. We release them at noon Pacific time, but the Buccaneers taking down the number nine team in the country. Uh, They will improve that number 29 ranking. The only two losses this year for Hoover coming out of state as they lost to um, number five Allen in Texas, and uh, they lost to uh, number six Grayson. That was a home game. So uh, the two Buccaneer losses come in the number f- to the number five and number six teams in the nation. So uh, congratulations to uh, both of those teams on an outstanding season. Uh, the Alabama championships going on as we speak at Auburn. So you can check out the scores from the games going on live there on our score stream. Uh, scoreboards. Uh, They're state by state. Each and every state has a scoreboard, and then we have our top 25. Now, speaking of the top 25, which is created with our proprietary algorithm that we've been using for the last four years, Bishop Gorman looking for its eighth straight Nevada Big Classification Championship on Saturday. They will take on Liberty uh, in the 4A Championship game. Liberty nationally ranked by our partners at USA Today, and uh, that'll be a good one. Last year, they thought this one was going to be a lot closer. It was not. We'll have to see uh, the difference here. Bottom line is uh, Bishop Gorman is on the brink of winning the Mythical National Championship if they dispose of Liberty. Uh, Haven't done the math on it yet and looked it through, but uh, with number two IMG season already done, uh, if Modern Day loses to St. John Bosco, that would all but wrap it up for Bishop Gorman. So uh, right now, you've got uh, Modern Day kind of the only only team, as I as you kind of just glance at the way the algorithm works, that has a shot at that national championship. Uh, Bishop Gorman again going for eight in a row Saturday in Nevada. You can keep up with that score at HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Again, IMG out of Florida. Season is complete. A perfect 11-0 and for the Ascenders. Number three, as we said, modern day. We're going to get that big preview coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, took down Rancho Cucamonga, a very good team here in Southern California. Fell behind early, but the Monarchs were able to blast back and now get ready for uh, their showdown Saturday night in a Major League Baseball stadium at Angel Stadium in Anaheim. Going to be there to check that one out, and you'll be able to get all the coverage uh, from that game at HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Plus, you can follow us during the game on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is HSFBAmerica. Our other social media, check us out on Instagram. You can get us at uh, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash HighSchoolFootballAmerica. But uh, throughout the week, uh, Best way to keep up to date with everything from around the nation is following us on Twitter at HSFB America. Uh, mentioned that Elijah Brooks is coming up on the show here later on. Uh, DeMatha rounding out a 12-0 season, wrapping up uh, its fourth straight Washington Catholic Athletic Conference, the Stags number four in the land. Allen, they are a couple of weeks away from going for uh, returning to the state championship game after winning uh, three straight. The Eagles uh, taking on Duncanville in the uh, Class 6A Division I quarterfinals. That game at AT AT&T Stadium, which is uh, also the home of the Texas High School Football Championships, which will be played there in uh, in a couple of weeks uh, starting uh, December 14th through the 17th. Grayson, a big showdown in the top 25 this week. They're number six, taking on number 12, Mill Creek. 
That is in the Class 7A semifinals. Grayson taking down the defending champs. Uh, Colquitt County, which bounced back, played one of the tougher uh, schedules in the country. Last week, Grayson taking down Colquitt County by a score of 49-21. to 21. Number 7 in the land, as we said, St. John Bosco taking on Modern Day. Number 3 coming up this Saturday here in Southern California. Number 8, St. Thomas Aquinas, the Raiders in Florida in the 7A semifinals looking to, to defend their state championship. They've got uh, Venice coming up Friday night in the 7A semifinals. We mentioned that number 9, McGill Tulin from Alabama, suffering its first defeat last night in the 7A championship game, losing to Hoover, number 29 in the land by a score of 17-7. to Rounding out the top 10, it's Corona Centennial. What a year for the Huskies. Uh, they are completed now. And uh, boy, just a, a couple of points is all that separates uh, Corona Centennial from being in the mix for the national championship. Uh, losing back on Labor Day weekend in a great game uh, by one point to uh, to IMG Academy when IMG Academy decided to go for two uh, instead of uh, sending the game to overtime. And then the Huskies uh, losing a thriller last week to uh, St. John Bosco by a score of 49-47. So if you're adding it up there, 11-2, and two, the overall mark this year, the two came by a combined total of three points. In Georgia, in the other 7A semifinal, it's number 11 Roswell taking on Westlake. The winner of that game gets the uh, winner of number 6 Mill Creek, or I'm sorry, number 6 Grayson and number 12 Mill Creek, Mill Creek number 12. Uh, last week uh, getting by McGeechern by a score of 31 to 28. In Kentucky, it is Trinity going after the state championship, trying to get back to that state championship trophy that they have hoisted many, many times. The Shamrocks taking on uh, Lafayette in the 6A championship game on Saturday. Last week, Trinity, for the second time this year, beat their arch rival, St. X, by a score of uh, 24 to 14. In Florida, in the 5A semifinals, it's American Heritage from Plantation looking to go 13-0. They've got Jesuit in the 5A semifinals. In Pennsylvania, number 15, St. Joseph's Prep, the Hawks, 12-0. They will take on North Penn in the state semifinals in Class 6A. That's the biggest classification there. North Penn is actually nationally ranked by USA Today. In Texas, Lake Travis, the Cavaliers looking to march on in the 6A Division I quarterfinals. They will take on Westlake, uh, a rematch as these two uh, met during the regular season. And uh, Westlake was runner-up last year in uh, Class 6A Division One, And uh, on October the 7th, Lake Travis beat the Chaps by a score of 49-7. to uh, Number 17, DeSoto, in another rematch from the regular season out of Texas, playing number 45, Cedar Hill, back on September 23rd. DeSoto beat the Longhorns by a score of 33 to 18. Uh, those two teams are playing in the second largest classification in Texas in Class 6A Division II. Congratulations to uh, the technicians from Cast Tech, number 18 in the land. Their season is complete, winning the Division I championship in Michigan last week by a score of 49 to 20. Back into the state of Texas we go. Cibolo Steel in the Class 6A Division II quarterfinals. They get Churchill on Saturday 
in New Jersey. A couple of big teams there this year. Number 20, St. Joseph Regional, the Green Knights. They began the season number 13. They've been hanging around the top 25 uh, all season long, uh, sometimes dropping down into the other 25, which are our rankings from 26 through 50. Uh, St. Joseph Regional playing DePaul uh, Friday for the non-public Group 3 state championship. Uh, the Green Knights have played one of the toughest schedules in the country, as has the team at number 21, Paramus Catholic, 9-2, uh, and two, taking on St. Peter's Prep from New Jersey in the biggest non-public group there in uh, the Garden State, as uh, St. Peter's Prep and Paramus Catholic will collide uh, on Friday night. Breaking into the top 25 this week and playing for a, an Ohio Division I championship, uh, on Friday, it's St. Ignatius, the Wildcats, 13-1. Uh, and one. They uh, jump in at number 22 to the top 25, taking on number 131, excuse me, St. Xavier out of Cincinnati. What a season for the 9-5 uh, Bombers as they have played you know, the toughest schedule in the country. There's no doubt about it. Uh, included in there was a season-opening loss at the hands of uh, St. John Bosco, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, but that should be a dandy Division I matchup there. In South Carolina, South Point, the Stallions, number 23 in the land. Uh, they take on Belton, uh, I'm sorry, Belton Honea Path in the uh, Class 4A uh, quarterfinals. From Texas again, Denton Ryan, the Raiders, 13-0. They're in the uh, Class 5A Division I quarters, uh, taking on uh, Colleyville Heritage. That game will be played Saturday. Uh, and uh, rounding out the top 25, it's Saguaro, the Sabercats from Arizona. A perfect 14-0 season capped off with the uh, Class 4A state championship in Arizona over the weekend, beating Catalina Foothills. Uh, that was the second time they played him this year. Uh, the final in the championship game on Saturday was 42-14. And coming up in uh, on the back end of the show, we're going to take with, talk with uh, Jason Mons, the head coach at Saguaro, in five years as the head coach at the uh, Arizona School. Uh, coach Mons and his staff have won four state championships in five years. A couple of big games and teams that dropped out of the top 25 last weekend. Loyola Academy from Illinois, a fantastic two-year run. The defending 8A champs going down in the 8A finals last Saturday in Champaign, Illinois, losing to uh, Maine South as Maine South was able to avenge a one-point regular season loss to the Ramblers and also falling out of the uh, the top 25, but staying in the top 50, uh, Center Grove from Indiana. They were ranked number 21 last week, uh, losing uh, to uh, Carmel, which uh, what, what a season they had. I mean, everybody in, in Indianapolis there in that conference just you know ends up beating up on each other, and it's just really, really hard to, uh, to win uh, you know, two games in a season against a very good high school football team. All right, want to welcome in all of our spa- uh, sponsors, partners. Uh, we mentioned a couple of them already. We uh, we started with uh, ScoreStream USA Today, a partner of ours. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the good folks at Echo Echo sixteen twelve instant replay on your sidelines. It gets no better when it comes to making in game adjustments. Why make them tomorrow when you can make them right during the game? Uh, these are the guys that. 
that created the uh, uh, instant replay on the sidelines for high school football. It's now at the collegiate level. Great folks there in Oklahoma. Check them out at echo1612.com. You can reach all of our sponsors, partners, by uh, going to highschoolfootballamerica.com. Also brought to you by Crossover Football Coaches. Need to check out the best scouting tool out there. Sign up for a demo today and see how Crossover Football can help you for the 2017 season or maybe even 2016 at this point. If you're still playing, Crossover's new data visualizations for football provide interactive tendency reports and other helpful insight charts, insightful charts that help you evaluate your team and your opponents on both sides of the football. Your data and statistics from every game are pulled together into a single football platform. Get a comprehensive view of your performance over the course of the season with just a few clicks. Crossover is your personal advanced scout, accessible from any PC or mobile device, and even integrates with your existing film platform like Huddle. Bring something new to your self-evaluation and get a scouting edge over your opponents. Go to crossover.com forward slash HSFA to sign up for a quick five-minute demo to see how it can work for your team. That's crossover with a K.com forward slash HSFA. F-A. And brought to you by the good folks at Southern Sport, who make the debris inhibitor razor. Keep those pesky rubber pellets from field turf out of your shoes forever by getting a great pair of uh, debris inhibitor razors. And uh, they also give you that great look of spatting without the high cost of tape. And we know how expensive tape is. This product is American-made. It wears all season long. And it's not just for turf. You can also wear it on uh, regular turf fields, on grass fields. So it's a great product. Check them out at tdirazor.com. That's razor with a U, R-A-Z-U-R, T-D-I-Razor, R-A-Z-U-R.com. Use the code, special code H-S-F-A, to get a discount on your next order. All right, lots to do on the show as we set a complete preview of what's coming up for uh, St. John Bosco and uh, Modern Day, number three Modern Day, taking on number seven St. John Bosco here in Southern California Saturday night, and then a good chat with uh, Elijah Brooks, the head coach at DeMatha, number four in the land, and uh, the head coach of number 25 Saguaro from Arizona, Jason Mond. So it's a busy show. We're expanding it. We're getting toward the end of the season. We've got so many great stories to tell. We figured let's make the show as long as it needs to be so uh, you have all the up-to-date information on what's happening as we wind down the final three weeks of the 2016 high school football season. Hey, and one other thing, don't forget the coach's job board is popping. We've got over 200 football coaching jobs up on it. It's in the nav tab, navigation tab at highschoolfootballamerica.com. If you have a listing that you want posted, it's all free. Send it to us at jobposting.com. And also coachesjobboard.com, which has all the jobs outside of football, also up and running. And you can uh, email us uh, all at jobposting at highschoolfootballamerica.com for whatever posting you want listed up there. All right, time to take a break and hear from all of our great partners. When we come back, we're going to begin our preview with Modern Day and St. John Bosco. We're going to start on the highest-ranked team's side of the football as we're going to talk with Dan Albano of the Orange County Register about the Monarchs, and we'll also hear from head coach, legendary head coach, Bruce Rollinson of the Monarchs. And then a little bit later in the show, we're going to bring in J.J. Fiddler from the Press-Telegram to talk about the Braves, and we'll hear from St. John Bosco head coach, Jason Negro. It's a great show. You won't want to miss any of it. Taking a break, coming back with more. This is High School Football America. 
Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's game film breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can 
can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in. It's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. Jeff Fisher back on High School Football America tonight as we begin our preview of the big showdown here in Southern California Saturday night, 730 Pacific time at Angel Stadium as uh, number three, Modern Day, will take on number seven, St. John Bosco. These Trinity League foes battled back in October, a come-from-behind win for Modern Day, 26-21. to And uh, tonight on the show, we're going to talk uh, in just a few seconds here with Bruce Rollinson, who I chatted with on Monday at the CIF Southern Section Luncheon, where all the, uh, the combatants in this weekend's 13 division championships uh, gathered for a little lunch and uh, had a great time. It's a great event there by the uh, CIF Southern Southern section. We're going to talk to Bruce Rollinson, and then uh, we're going to follow that up with uh, Dan Albano from the Orange County Register, a great sports reporter out here. He's going to give you an inside look at how good these Monarchs have been this year. I think I've seen them uh, at this point three times, and wow, JT Daniels, uh, I've spoken with him several times. What a nice kid, uh, great talent, uh, sophomore quarterback. Uh, who knows how he's going to destroy the record book here in Southern California over the next two years, but a big game coming up uh, on Saturday night. He's got a great uh, set of receivers. Uh, this this team has it all, and uh, really at this point in time, it's kind of uh, you know their national championship to try and break into that Bishop Gorman party, if you will and uh, they can do that by beating uh, St. John Bosco for a second time this year. Uh, no easy task, but it, it's been done this year a couple of times. Uh, but that second go-round is always, always a, a, a very tough one. And that's where we're going to uh, kind of start this conversation. Back in 2013, when uh, St. John Bosco won its first-ever CIF Southern Section uh, Championship, uh, they beat Modern Day in the championship game uh, in front of about uh, 12,500 at Angel Stadium, 34-7. to So that was uh, two times uh, during that season that they beat him. And, of course, they went on to uh, that uh, that great win against De La Salle. So uh, they're, they're hoping that uh, the same thing doesn't happen, that Modern Day can't do the, the, the back-to-back here. But uh, uh, earlier this week when I spoke to, to Bruce Rollinson, he reinforced how loose this, this year ball club is, that uh, they're just some kids out there having fun playing the game of football. So I ask him, what do you do uh, as you prepare for the second matchup in the same season against a very good football team? And as you can imagine, Bruce Rollinson had the answers. He's a quote machine. Well, I think there's a couple things. First of all, you look at every game after we play to see if they changed any of the structural stuff, maybe some tweaks in special teams. Try to kind of compare it to your notes from the, I think it was the seventh or eighth game, the first seven games. Uh, then the next thing that you're going to do is you, uh, obviously you're going to check any personnel changes. And then what you do is you just say, okay, you know, let's really study the game from a, a, a view of is this what where we sound here what can we clean up how do we approach our kids and then you throw it away 
And reality is, is now you bring up everything. I mean, you, you find every little advantage that you can have, whether it's trick plays, whether it's, you know, special teams, and then you just throw caution to the wind. You know, like you said, you know, yeah, I had a feeling this was going to come down. And I've always said after that, I go, okay, pick your poison. Do you want the rematch or do you want the Huskies? Because neither one was it was a great choice. You know, it's kind of like, do I want spinach or more spinach? And, and you said the other, and in that game too, you said that it was like you were going to the county fair. I think that was exactly yeah. right, or a carnival or something yeah. like that, a community fair. Um, what do you do all this week? The kids are loose normally. Will you do anything more because this game is a little bit more special? You know, that's a great question. Basically, you, I've already met with them on Saturday after the semifinal game. And I start to prepare them mentally. Like the four captains are with me here today. And I prepared them that, you know, they're going to have to do a lot of interviews. And, and over the years, when I was younger, I didn't manage the media well. Now, I, it's part of the excitement of the week. And I present it that way. But it can't be a distraction. The reality is we're going to do everything exactly the same. We'll cut back because we have an extra practice day Thursday. We'll cut back slightly Thursday. And then... Traditionally, before the championship game, we'll have a team meal on Friday. We'll have a kind of a fire-up session. You know, we'll have a video created for them. And then just do what we do on Saturday. Show up and punch the clock and let's see if we can go win this thing. If you're just joining us here on High School Football America, talking uh, with Bruce Rollinson, uh, talked with him on Monday about the big game coming up at Angel Stadium on Saturday night, the uh, CIF Southern Section Division I uh, championship game. And we're going to talk with uh, Dan Albano and J.J. Uh, Fiddler about the competitive equity, which uh, changed things up this year in the, in the Southern Section. But uh, before we get to uh, the last couple of questions for uh, Coach Rollinson, I thought it'd be fun to kind of give you some of the stats uh, based upon their uh, their website at uh, moderndayfootball.net. Um, 26 league championships make it 27 this year. Nine CIF championships, two USA Today national championships, uh, five undefeated seasons, looking to make that six. Only five losing seasons, and uh, all-time, only 199 losses. They uh, do not want to make it uh, make it 200 here on Saturday night. Uh, so continuing with uh, Bruce Rollinson, who we talked with on Monday, I asked him about uh, if it makes a difference playing in Angel Stadium. Uh, their rivalry game against Servite is played at Angel Stadium, but uh, certainly it's a it's a Major League Baseball stadium, not designed for football. They run uh, uh, the field uh, from home plate out to uh, the left field um, wall. There's not a lot of room there. I mean, it it, it kind of fits in to the space. So I asked uh, Coach if uh, if that makes any difference in a game of this magnitude. But yeah, the novelty is worn off, but. You know, it, it, it is different. I'm telling you, it's the lights are brighter. The uh, the field surface is going to be a little bit slicker. 
they're going to put temporary grass over the um, infield area. That's going to be loose. So, but you don't really talk about much of that because I just presented guys a hundred yard field. What, what you do in between the lines is all that's going to count Friday or Saturday night. And then, what are the things you check off that you want to see happen between now and Saturday to know that this team is is ready for this game? couple of bumps and bruises that they're getting the maximum amount of rehabilitation available so that we can get them to the highest percentage less than 100 because I'm going to have a few that will have to go off less than 100 percent and then let them have fun you know because this is a loose group we're not going to get wadded up we're you know we're going to just do our dance contests after practice and God only knows what else you know they'll come up with but I don't want to change anything I don't want to change anything just you know, it, it, I've been telling the kids leading up to this, fellas, what has made us successful? What is our formula for success? Okay, the only difference is the date changes and the color of the uniforms change. In this case, only the dates change. The color of the uniforms we've already seen, so let's go do it. That's Bruce Rollinson, legendary coach of modern day. And uh, we're going to take a break and continue our preview here of St. John Bosco and uh, modern day. We're going to talk with Dan Albano next from the Orange County Register. He's going to take us inside the Monarchs. That and more. You're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, 
It's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down-and-distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in. It's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest decision. Advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Once again, in 2016, USA Today High School Sports and High School Football America teaming up to give you great national high school football coverage and coverage from Southern California. Check them out at usatodayhss.com. Well, as promised at the top of the show, we're going to uh, take a long, hard look at uh, the game of the week. Maybe the game of the year. We've had a couple of them out here in Southern California this year, what with uh, Corona Centennial and IMG colliding, and then Modern Day and uh, St. John Bosco going at it uh, for the second time this weekend at Angel Stadium. And we're going to give you a complete look at this game as we're going to take a look specifically at uh, Bosco. Uh, We're going to have J.J. Fiddler on here in a little bit to talk about that. We'll talk with Jason Negro, but we're going to start things out with the number three team in the country, Modern Day. uh, Bruce Rollinson coming up in just a little bit, but my good friend at the uh, Orange County Register, Dan Albano, has seen uh, the Monarchs up close and personal. He's a great sports writer out here in Southern California, is on the line right now to talk about the Monarchs and what may be one of the the greatest all-time teams ever here in Southern California. I haven't been here but four years, but maybe Dan can answer that question for us. Welcome to the show, Dan. It's great to be back with you, Jeff. Yeah, great to have you on the line here. And let's kind of dive into this uh, a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously, JT Daniels, the sophomore quarterback, has gotten incredible. Uh, he has incredible numbers, has got incredible press this year. But uh, it, it can't be done without the, the wide receivers on this team. So let's kind of start breaking down the offense. Um, how good is this offense in years of covering Southern California football? Well, Jeff, you, you hit it right there. I mean, this is, I think, a team for, you know, the ages, really. And a lot of it starts right where you're at, uh, at wide receiver, because you just don't see many teams this deep at wide receiver with this many 
you know, Division One, Pac-12 type recruits. I mean, they're just loaded, bursting at the seams at receivers. And it starts with the uh, the brother duo of Osiris St. Brown and his younger brother, Amon Ross St. Brown. Osiris is the senior. He's a Stanford commit. Both these boys are very, very intelligent, very interesting kids, very well-rounded. They speak multiple languages. They've lived abroad. They're phenomenal athletes. Their dad's a former bodybuilding champion, John, um, John Brown. These guys are very impressive. They are, their GPAs are way up in a territory I've never uh, visited. <laughs> but these, both these guys uh, have over 1,000 yards uh, receiving, and they both, uh, Amon-Ra, the younger junior, has 20 touchdown, uh, touchdown receptions. And then Osiris has 19, but the list goes on. C.J. Parks is an outstanding junior. Nico Remigio is a junior to watch. They throw it a lot to the back. They throw it a lot in general. And then they have a, a you know a very a touted sophomore in Brew McCoy. And, and, you know, the thing about it that's amazing is, you know, each and every one can have an awesome game because you key on one, that opens it up for someone else. Dan Albano on the line from the Orange County Register, and, and let's now pull it over to the guy pulling the triggers, uh, the, the guy that, that's calling his own plays when Bruce Rollinson and I talked earlier this year, and I'm sure you've talked about the same thing. I mean, to have a kid this young doing what he's doing, not only with the numbers, but calling the plays and all that, it, it you know, where, where does JT Daniels stack up? with two more years to go when it comes to the litany of great uh, quarterbacks, not only modern day, but here in Southern California. He's on pace to be the best quarterback ever to come out of Orange County, and that's saying a lot, you know, because it's been a very storied past. We were at the luncheon yesterday, Jeff, and they, you know, they rattled off Heisman Trophy winners from the Southern section, and two of them were on that list, you know, Carson Palmer, Matt Leinart from Santa Margarita, modern day, respectively, we could go, you know, uh, oh, actually, um, yeah, uh, you know, so there's, there's a storied history there, but he is so young, as you said, uh, on such a great pace. Um, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to think what he's going to be like. I think it was one player. It was actually it was uh, Santa Margarita Center, uh, Brett Nealon, who is a USC commit. He told me after a game this year, he said, I am scared for the Trinity League, the, you know, slash the competition – for when when they face JT as a junior and senior year, he's you know because you look at those stats, you know um, we haven't had quarterback with 65 touchdowns this year, only three interceptions, you know 4,560 yards, completing you know 75 percent of his passes. Um, he's got a lot of weapons. He's in a great system that has you know produced lots of good quarterbacks. You know Matt Barkley and Billy Blanton. And, um, you know, the list really goes on. Uh, we, are, we mentioned Leinart. Um, so he's in a great spot. He's very talented. He's just so ahead of the curve, uh, Jeff. Yeah, and, and you know the thing about it is that that's just it stands out to me. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves, but what a nice kid. I know you've had an opportunity to talk to him. I remember after the first uh, Bosco game, you know, he said, oh, they saved my butt, and I think he said it specifically that way about the offensive line and the running game and all that. Um, to talk a little bit about your interaction with him and, and how just kind of understated he is despite those numbers that are overstated. <laughs> You know, and that, that's that's a lot of his intangibles that make him so great is is, is those qualities that you mentioned. He uh, is very uh, selfless. He's a great teammate. 
Um, he gets along very well for a younger player. You know, you follow his uh, Twitter, and it's a lot of uh, he's, he's reposting and retweeting on his social media the accomplishments of his teammates. I, you know, I, you go on there, you're not surprised to see him putting something about uh, their, you know, fine kicker and, and, and punter. You know, he's, uh, you know, uh, all the, you know, mentioning these special teams guys and their accomplishments. So he's very complimentary. He's, you know, very, gives a lot of praise to the St. Browns. He's, he's itching. If you read his quotes, he's always itching to talk about his offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're doing this week. But he, he, he really likes his offensive line, a young offensive line that's really come. And he, uh, he's a very great guy to uh, talk to. He looks you in the eye. He's humble. He answers your questions. And he's, these intangibles, Jeff, um, make him a great leader. And, uh, you know, his, and his teammates reciprocate. And they're quick to uh, – I talked to the uh, St. Brown brothers after a game, and I think it was Amon Rod after a game against Edison this year. He went out of his way to say, JT, put us in the right spots to be successful. That's the kind of guy that you're dealing with with JT Daniels. Yeah, and the kind of team in general. Dan Albano is on the line. He's a great sports writer here in Southern California for the Orange County Register, as is everyone over there. I don't want Steve Fryer to hear this and say, oh, well, Jeff, you didn't mention me, but <laughs> but you've got, you guys have an awesome staff. You guys do an awesome job with high school sports in general, but when it's football season, love reading you each and every day. Um, when, when Bruce Rollinson was on before the first game back in, in October, you know, he was so happy when I said, come on, let's talk offensive line. And he's like, yeah, I like talking about my my piggies there, the the, the guys that do it. And you said you're gonna, <laughs> you guys are going to do something this week. You don't have to give away your story, but it's a national audience here. Tell me a little bit about this offensive line and, w- and what you guys are doing with it in the story and what you found out as as far as uh, how good they are. Well, we've we've learned a lot and we knew a lot about uh, Tommy Brown, who's their junior left tackle, who's really uh, come on. He's been a highly recruited uh, fella, number seventy five. He's very hard to miss out there. I'm, uh, I'm sure you've. Had your eyes on him mm-hmm. like everybody else, uh, Jeff. I mean, he's a junior. He's six foot seven, three hundred and twenty-one pounds, and he was uh, about that size as a guy, you know, a freshman and sophomore. Um, and he's just continued to play better. And he's got a tough matchup this week with uh, St. John Bosco. That's got an outstanding D line. Um, they have a, a really a nice defensive end that really he he goes against in this matchup, which is pretty exciting. Is uh, number forty-four Jacob Callier. Who um, really gave JT uh, gave Tommy uh, all he could handle uh, last uh, in the in the Trinity League game on, on October 21st. So, uh, but um, Tommy is one of the guys to watch. They have a lot of uh, younger guys. Um, their their right tackle is interesting. Uh, fella is Andrew Biola. Um, I probably not getting his uh, pronouncing his name right, but he is a junior, number 56, right tackle. He recently was offered by Arizona. He's the brother of their excellent uh, defensive tackle, um, Andrew. So, uh, and he and Andrew is a senior who's committed to uh, Arizona, and he's one of those guys. If you watch uh, modern day play, uh, I'm sorry, Austin is uh, is the brother. Austin Fiola, uh, he is the older brother. He's a defensive tackle. He's outstanding. He's committed to Arizona, but his younger brother, the junior uh, right tackle, uh, Austin, he's recently got an uh, offer from. Excuse me, Andrew. I get these guys confused here. Uh, Andrew <laughs> with the A's. Yep. Um, but Andrew recently got offered by Arizona. And um, so, the, yeah, this group has done a great job because JT Daniels, with all those yards we talked about, has uh, he gets the ball out quick, but he also hasn't been sacked very much. He wasn't sacked in the, in the semifinal win against Rancho Cucamonga. That's uh, kind of common, common uh, t- 
territory, kind of, you know, standard procedure for uh, JT not getting, not spending much time on the ground. Yeah, no, absolutely. And let's uh, let's flip it over to the other side, because, again, you know, when 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 you have these offensive numbers, the offensive line, you know, maybe falls to the back of uh, back of the story or if at all. And and defensively, they have had a a great season. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that other side of the ball, because they've got their hands full when it comes to taking on Bosco this week. Yeah, they're they're the uh, that's an interesting side of the ball. I wrote a feature on on them earlier this year, just on the defense, because. You know, the offense has gotten so much pub, but the defense is really, uh, they are, they fly around, they really play well together. They're really a band of brothers where they don't have a, a standout racking up major sack numbers or really, you know, triple, you know, a triple digit uh, sack, uh, t- uh, tackle totals. But this unit's been outstanding. They uh, have, uh, they have, I think, four shutouts this year. Um, they had uh, three in the non-league, and then they picked up, um, one in the uh, first round of playoffs against, you know, overmatched to Soro in the first round. They, they, so they have four shutouts, and they have a great tradition at modern day because Coach Rollinson understands how much uh, publicity, like you mentioned, how much uh, uh, JT Daniels is receiving in, in the, the same Browns. So what they do at modern day, if you get a shutout on the defense, they treat the defense to a steak dinner. So they've had four steak dinners on their, their Thursday night practice <laughs> after film. If they get a shutout the next week, they have a steak dinner. And the other thing interesting about this unit, Jeff, is that uh, if you look at those team captains when uh, on Saturday night at Angel Stadium when they, they roll out and they have the coin flip, you'll notice that they're from the defensive side of the ball. The captains are the cornerback, uh, Quinton Lake, um, son of former NFL star uh, Carnell Lake. He's a cornerback on UCLA commit. He's one of the captains. And then there's two linebackers, um, uh, Confentis, uh, Roman Confentis and Jackson McCleary, two outstanding, you know, uh, really athletic linebackers. They're two of the captains. And then Con- uh, Daniel Contreras is another one. He's a defensive end, also plays a little offense, but really more known as a defense. So that tells you something there. Four captains from the defense. And that's really a, a, that's kind of the heartbeat of the team as much as that offense is clicking. Yeah, no, and, and one of the things that uh, Bruce Rollins and I had talked about, uh, you know, several times this year and then Monday when we were there talking at the luncheon um, is how loose a group this is. And I, I kind of remember that from the first matchup with Bosco. Uh, have you been able to kind of witness that? It doesn't seem like this is your typical high-strung team. They're just kind of out there having fun. Yeah. You know, that, it, right to that point, Jeff, is after the, the, that first Modern Day um, Bosco game this year at Cerritos College, when Modern Day pulled off the, uh, the upset, uh, well, they broke the streak of the, right. of the Braves anyway, 23 in a row they'd won in the Trinity League. Coach, one of the words that Coach Rollinson used to describe his team was knuckleheads. <laughs> and he was kind of referring to maybe some of their penalties, some of their exuberance, um, maybe a slight lack of focus at times. Uh, they play really hard. They seem to enjoy the game. They don't seem very stressful. Um, you know, I, I, at the luncheon yesterday we were at, I thought I hit uh, Jackson McCleary with a pretty good question about, you know, talking about, um, how, you know, is it going to be difficult to beat Bosco um, twice in a season? And I thought, you know, he, that's a, you know he's got to think about that a little bit. You know, he's in the, he's in the, the role of the team that's already won. How is mm-hmm. he going to take these questions? And he was simply – you know, I don't know. We'll just have to see. Okay. <laughs> uh, no. Quote, unquote. He, he was, you know, 
we'll see about that. Okay. <laughs> and um, he went about his way. Um, high school kids, they are um, – they, they were not uh, stressing over my questions uh, at all. <laughs> Dan Albano on the line from uh, the Orange County Register, uh, ocvarsity.com. Again, they just do a, an awesome job down here, and I've enjoyed getting to know uh, Dan and, and all of his colleagues over there. Um, just really, you know, when it when it comes down to high school sports, which, you know, in, in some cases in larger cities uh, fall to the wayside, uh, these guys do it right and do it, uh, you know, very, very professionally. We're talking about the uh, big game uh, Saturday night at Angel Stadium as uh, St. John Bosco will take on Modern Day, Modern Day number three in our high school top uh, 25, uh, St. John Bosco a number seven. And, and now let's dial it back to that game there on October 21st where uh, the Braves had the lead. Modern Day was able to come back and win 26-21. to 21. And, uh, you know, you, you've already mentioned it. Uh, later on in the show, we're going to talk with uh, DeMatha head coach Elijah Brooks about how, how hard it is to beat a team twice in the year, and they were able to do it in, in St. John's there in the beltway so let's let's talk about that game back in october how much does that play a role in this game this weekend you know that's a great question jeff and that's something i posed to bruce rollinson who better to go to right to mm-hmm. to the head coach on how you do that coach rollinson he had a pretty um i would say analytical uh and and, and well thought uh answer to that question where he said to me yesterday he said well first off you have to you have to you have to look at the trend on where St. John Bosco, he said, has gone since that game. What have they started to do more of? What have they started to improve of? What have they taken away? So that gives you some of the mindset of modern days. They're not going to leave anything on un, un, uh, unturned. They're going to investigate the trends. What, what's happening now? What kind of team is Bosco is now? And then he also said that they're going to look back at that game on October 21st. And what did modern day do well? which they did two things extremely well, is they had no turnovers. They had two interceptions, including one very big one in the fourth quarter by Jalen Cole, their cornerback, kind of the, one of their senior leaders. And they, they, uh, they did not allow big plays. And at the same time, Modern Day made big plays on a, on a big punt return by Amon Ross St. Brown in the second half and, of course, that interception. So you have to, they have to look back at what they did well in that game. And then, he, you know, like I said, Modern Day not leaving anything unturned. They're going to look back at what they didn't do well. And there's some areas that they did struggle in. JT Daniels didn't have the greatest night. Bosco did have some success running the ball at times. Um, in the first half, Real Mitchell looked outstanding at quarterback, maybe outplayed JT Daniels. Things changed in the second half. So then they have to look at how that game went, what they can do uh, well. And then even I, I, one of the quotes I liked yesterday from Coach Rollinson, Jeff, was he said, there's always things in your playbook that don't get implemented into the game. You always have something in there that you didn't run in that first game, things that Bosco hasn't seen. Then you have to ask yourself, uh, the monitor asked them, well, why didn't we do this? Maybe there's something else to introduce. So there's kind of a lot that goes into this. This seems like a they got a lot of work to do is what I'm thinking. <laughs> I agree with you on that. You know, one of the other things uh, that, that Bruce told me was, you know, we were just talking about the buildup and, and the fact that people like you, myself, and everybody else are on campus, you know, trying to get the angles for the games and all that. He said he's doing a much better job of, of managing the media. Um, I, I know you've talked to Jason in the past, too. Uh, tell me a little bit about the coaches here. What, what makes these two coaches, you know, maybe the perfect guys to play in this game? Because I think both of them have interesting down 
downplayed personalities, can be a little high at the time. But I think it's interesting to have, you know, kind of Jason Negro, who's the up-and-comer, if you will, and, and the, uh, the, the legendary guy in Rollins. How, how do you look at these two coaches? Yeah, it's a great matchup. We're lucky enough to be very familiar with both of them because Jason Negro coached in Orange County for quite a long time and did a great job at Tribuco Hills. Mm-hmm. And we got to know him and his uh, fine, outstanding um, offensive coordinator, Chad Johnson, who is an Orange County product, played at El Toro High School, was, a, was an outstanding center and place kicker. And now he's an offensive guru who does really good, well with the quarterbacks. So we know them. They've uh, Jason has been very uh, – He's a new breed young coach, but he's uh, he very well does very well at the media, very approachable. He you know he gave me one of my best quotes before the last game, which I, I used again uh, yesterday, which was he told me before the October 21st game. He said, "I think there's uh, we're gonna this is the first of two games. This game this game will be played twice this year." And he told me before the Trinity League game that he foresaw you know this uh, rematch you know, in the, uh, the finals, because as we know, the playoff brackets, you know, they're going to be on the opposite sides of the bracket. The only way they could play in the playoffs, modern day and Bosco would be in the finals. And coach Rollinson, he's a pro when it comes to media, Jeff. I, I think he's uh, <laughs> he is, uh, could be a college coach. He would be a professional coach. He does an outstanding job at the media. I would say, I would rank coach Rollinson is the number one um, coach who handles the media the best. And he has some help. And that's important that he has some great support at Modern Day. And but I believe that he is the one who's kind of uh, put some. Um, he has some support. He's able to delegate it. There's some channels that we can go through. But when it comes to giving interviews, working with the press, interacting with the press, how personally he is, um, for as fired up as a guy he is and a veteran, he he he's got it down with the media. Yeah. Uh, all the media. We all really like Coach Rollinson. He is a uh, quality man. He, and he's very um, – one thing that we really appreciate, my, myself and Steve Fryer, is that we love coaches that will talk to us about other programs, other players, compliment other teams, give us some analysis, some insight on other teams. Coach Rollinson is one of those, and um, he's done a great job this year sharing his – for example, sharing his relationship with Edison coach Dave White, giving some insight um, about their relationship and – that's been an interesting thing, and that's the kind of things that he does. He shares, he opens up, and um, of course, he shares a lot about his. his he shares, his, he lets his intensity come out and his emotions come out, and that leads to great quotes and great color. And uh, with his raspy voice, you know, uh, some of his sayings, you know, you'll get a rock and roll baby from him at some point. <laughs> He is a quote machine, that's for sure. Dan Albano on the line tonight uh, talking uh, modern day as they get ready for uh, part deux, as they say in French, uh, for St. John Bosco and uh, and modern day. It's at Angel Stadium on Saturday. It is going to be a dandy big crowd uh, played in a baseball stadium, which is interesting. I'll ask that question. I got a couple more, but as long as you have time here, I got a few more since I have you on the line here. But um, I asked this question to Bruce, and, and, and I forgot that they had actually played Servite there this year. But tell me a little bit, uh, you know, there are players players on both teams that uh, you know maybe had not had the opportunity to play and what's a different setting I mean a baseball stadium yes there's a football field there yes it's 100 yards long but do, do you think uh, playing an angel stadium aside from the great atmosphere in that makes a difference as opposed to your your standard high school football stadium what well, always makes a difference for those those players that they step into a professional venue they go into the locker rooms they 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 come out in the pregame and they you know realize it's a uh, a giant stadium that can hold, you know, around 50,000. 
So it's a special uh, evening, and that, that's the design of the CIF Southern Section. They want these high school kids to have a memorable game and, and, and remember this for the rest of their lives, and I think they will. And that's a big part of these is venues, and the kids are certainly blessed to have this chance to play at Angel Stadium. You know, for Bosco, this is the fourth straight year that they played at Angel Stadium mm-hmm. in the Division One Finals. So they're very used to running out to that field and playing on the bright lights and the television and, you know, you know, being on that uh, stage. And, and Modern Day, this group of seniors hasn't uh, experienced that. The, the last time Modern Day was in, was in the finals, I believe it was about 2000. It was the first year, so four years ago, when Bosco was in the uh, – won, won the title, they beat Modern Day. But the main players on the Modern Day team weren't – they weren't on that uh, varsity team. Mm-hmm. So the Bosco players have more experience. So that will be one thing to watch to see how Modern Day reacts to being at Angel Stadium in the, in the crowd and in the, in the venue where Bosco has got much more familiarity with it in a championship uh, setting. Yeah, and I'm checking out my eyesight, too, because you and I are going to be uh, tucked way down the right field <laughs> foul, by the foul pole watching the game there in Angel Stadium. One of the bad things about it. We're, we're a little far farther away from the stadium. Dan, uh, before we give you the, the, the big uh, question, which is, you know, pick a winner for us. Um, we've had some great football out here in Southern California uh, this year. You, I think you tweeted out last night that you've had an opportunity to see a large number of, especially in Orange County, a large number of the teams that will be playing for section championships on Friday and Saturday. If it's at all possible, and I know you can do it, you know, take as much time as you need, but I would love to hear a thumbnail sketch of, of kind of the other teams because uh, we have had some good ones out here this year that are, that are going for gold on Friday and Saturday. What, uh, g- give me a couple of nuggets there. All right. Well, it's, yeah, it's been a great uh, high school football season. One of the best uh, in recent memory with the, the new uh, competitive equity model that the southern section has put together it's been very it's it's been just that very competitive and you know you start with division two you have san clemente uh, taking on myriad valley san clemente from orange county there they've never won a cif title in football so they have always been they've been deep they're obviously as deep in south as we have in orange county and san clemente beach school they've uh, won a lot of titles uh, in some other sports but they have, you know, this is their third straight year that they have uh, been in the finals, and they're kind of now they're this quarterback factory. Sending, you know, they sent Sam Darnold to USC, and we know how well Sam's doing as a freshman. They have Jack Sears is also committed now to USC. He was a recent, he had earlier committed to Duke, but he he uh, changed over to the Trojans. So can San Clemente break through against a really good Marietta Valley uh, team who has an outstanding sophomore quarterback? King, uh, Bachmeyer, he's kind of the, the JT Daniels of the Inland Empire. So that's an interesting game. In Division Three, you have one of our, you know legendary coach Dave White at Edison has been there 30 plus years. You know, it's even longer if you include how he he played quarterback at Edison. He was an assistant owned under the legendary coach uh, Bill Workman, and now he's been a long time at his alma mater. Well, this is his last year, and he's in the finals against uh, the top seed La Mirada Matadors. La Mirada's a home team in that one so that's a great game you know dave white in the storybook uh season their hashtag jeff has been uh for their edison social media has been uh hashtag win for white i believe it has been that's so good that's uh you know they're uh they got their theme you know kind of probably off the vin scully win for vin mm-hmm. and they got their win for white and then um division four crodel mar chase garbers has kind of been an underrated quarterback in orange county he's 
He's had a fabulous year, throwing for almost 50 touchdowns himself. He's going to Cal. He's a senior. Very few interceptions, about 30, over 3,500 yards. They're taking on Sierra Canyon team that's undefeated out of Chatsworth. That game's going to be at Granada Hills on Friday. Um, Friday. So this uh, high-powered Crone Del Mar team that uh, has got a you know, Pac-12 quarterback, they're very exciting to watch. And then we got, uh, so that's Division Four. We have Capo Valley in Division Five, which is in its first final since 1990. And they're taking uh, on Calabasas. That's a one and two um, seed in that division. Capo's really known for its, um, their defense has been outstanding all year. And now they got to take on Calabasas, got a high powered offense. And then, you know, it doesn't stop there. We have uh, Yorba Linda came out of a tough league in the Crestview League. They were second to uh, Villa Park. And they're in the Division Eight final against uh, Burbank. Burbank's got a very aggressive defense, and and your Belinda has got a very good coach in Orange County. Maybe a, a little bit of an underrated guy. There, that's one of the things that's great about Orange County. Is there's you know very blessed in coaching. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff Bailey's already won CIF titles before at El Dorado, so he's looking to win CIF titles at a second school, which is is puts you in rarefied company in Orange County. There's only a handful of coaches that uh, have won. CIF titles at both schools. And then we have Santa Ana that's in their first uh, CIF final since um, uh, 1986. And they're in the, you know, they've really turned back the, cl- uh, the clock at Santa Ana. They've uh, got a couple of outstanding uh, twin brothers, George and Jonathan Bersinio. And uh, one's a uh, receiver. Uh, Jonathan's a, a receiver safety. And then uh, George is a outstanding running back. And these guys have brought Santa Ana back. They're a very physical, good ground game. And they're in Division 13 finals, and they're going to go out and play, um, I think it's uh, Rancho Christian out in Temecula. Um, so that's going to be – and then that, uh, that team is coached by former Orange County coach um, Jim Kunow. So, um, you know, there's, there's just some great, uh, great games to watch uh, this year. It's been a you know, fabulous uh, you know, uh, high school football season. You know, Orange County is uh, very, very, uh, very blessed. Yeah, Rancho Christian of Temecula and Jim Kunow, mm-hmm. a former Orange Lutheran coach. So, um, lots of storylines. You know, are we, we've got a uh, we've we we got a lot of work to do, but it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> we've got three weeks uh, to go in this season, and Dan, we appreciate you joining us. But before we let you go, I never do this uh, because you know I just don't. I can't take the pressure, but uh, since I have you and JJ on here talking about either side, I'm, I'm going to put a noose around both of your necks at the end of each interview, so you get the uh, the first pick here. Uh, so if I had to put the noose around your neck and say predict a winner, predict a score for me, what would Dan Albano say about modern day St. John Bosco's Part Two? Well, I'm going with the Monarchs. I think they're this this group is really hungry. They're very focused. Uh, it's tough to beat Bosco twice, and Bosco's playing for a lot themselves. They, you know, one of the you know it's a very common uh, theory in high school sports is the revenge factor is very big. You know, the team that lost the first game in high school sports, you you tell those kids, you know, we we got payback revenge, and they can step up their game. But I think modern day this group is really special, and they're just such a, a well balanced team. They're outstanding on special teams. They have a big advantage on special teams. I think they have a big advantage on the passing game. If JT Daniels is on, they can run it outstanding. And they got a defense that's going to make plays. And they, they might give up some plays, but I think that defense will stick around enough to make plays and, and get the victory. They're just very balanced, very hungry. So it'd be, it'd be shocking for me 
uh, to see them to, to see them not win the CIF title. So as far as the score, you know, I think Modern Day will we'll, uh, and I'd give them, uh, you know, they only scored 26 last time. Uh, I, I'm going to put them at about 38 this time. I can see them bump up a few more points. I like that Bosco defense as, as well. And I think the Bosco will probably hit about, uh, I think they'll improve from their last game of 21 points. So I think they'll maybe get out to about 28. So maybe about 38-28. We'll see how I do on Saturday. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be sitting right there next to you in some way, shape, or form and uh, look forward to, to watching this game with you. And uh, should be a great one. Dan, just really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know it's a busy week to, to kind of give the uh, the people around the nation a really good inside look at, uh, at the Monarchs. So thanks for joining us tonight and see you on Saturday. It's always great to talk with you, Jeff, and I will see you on Saturday. Sounds good. Taking a break, coming back with more as we're going to flip it over to St. John Bosco. You're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, You'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, 
and for that extra Bigfoot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the debris inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in. It's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. Advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. Jeff Fisher back on High School Football America tonight. If you're just tuning in, a big, big preview we're doing on uh, the upcoming showdown here in Southern California between number three in the land, Modern Day, taking on number seven, St. John Bosco in the preseason top 25 High School Football America's national rankings, the top 50 developed with our proprietary algorithm. St. John Bosco was uh, number one, and uh, number four was Modern Day. And coming into this game, uh, Modern Day is notched up one to uh, number three and uh, St. John Bosco after falling uh, I think they fell as low as 13 now back up to number seven after defeating Corona Centennial last week this is a great ball game with lots of great ball players on both sides two great coaches if you're just tuning in we uh, we heard from uh, Dan Albano of the Orange County Register talking about uh, the Monarchs and also heard from legendary Bruce Rollinson uh, the head coach at uh, St. John Bosco having done a fine job since coming over from uh, Tribuco Hills, where he did a great job turning that program around. Jason Negro uh, had him uh, win four straight Trinity League championships until this year. That's hard to do in one of America's toughest conferences year in and year out. And uh, when I spoke to uh, Jason, like I did Coach uh, Rollinson on Monday, I, I had basically the same question to start everything off, which is, uh, what do you do differently? It was 26-21. Uh, St. John Bosco led going into the fourth quarter in the first game back in October. So I asked him, you know, what you do differently? And uh, which position would you rather be in, the team that's already won one game against you or the team that's lost? And here's what uh, Jason's answer was. Um, you know, I, I certainly would like to rather be in our situation than theirs. Um, I think it's really difficult to beat somebody two times in the same year. Um, you know, that game back in October was an amazing game. Both teams played so well, so well executed. Um, we have a ton of respect for Modern Day and Coach Rollinson, what he's been able to do with that program. And uh, we just want to try to do our part. And so hopefully we learn some lessons from it and we have some high motivation for this coming Saturday to, to play as equally well as we did back in October. Do you fight the urge? 
urge to change things dramatically based upon the first game? Or what do you do? Is it Bosco is Bosco and this is what we do? And we're um, gonna change? I, I certainly think we're going to focus on ourselves. I mean, that's something that we do no matter who we play, when we play, is we're going to focus on ourselves first and make sure that we you know, work on our execution and, and the things that we can control. I can't control what they're doing at Modern Day. I can control what we do at Bosco and how we prepare. So we're going to start there, and then I think we're going to approach it like a completely different game. We played them back in 2013 twice, you know, once in the league and once in the CIF finals. Um, we played Margarita twice this year, and we've had a pretty good formula as far as playing somebody the same year twice um, in terms of just creating a, a brand new game, and it's like a brand new opponent, so we're going to stay consistent with that. You've played big games, but mm-hmm. and now I wasn't there on Friday night. I was mm-hmm. watching it back east, but yeah. what a game. Yeah. How much time does it take to get those kids off of what was one big game? <laughs> Uh, you know what? Hopefully not too long. I mean, we, you know, we, we don't bring our kids in on the weekends, so they have the whole weekend to kind of think about it and, you know, embrace it and, and, and really uh, be able to celebrate that victory on Friday night of our centennial. But we got to understand that our work's not finished. We still have a lot of work to do. Um, we're hopefully have two more games in us uh, if we can get by modern day and play in the state game. You know, so I think that come today at practice uh, Monday when we get into film session, once we finish uh, the centennial, you know, game and, and break that thing down, we'll focus focus on modern day and hopefully put that one behind us. What are the boxes you have to check Saturday night to do the things right to come away with a W? You know, I mean, honestly, the same formula that we had last week, we have to be able to control the the line of scrimmage. I think that's big for us on both sides of the ball because they're so talented up front on both sides. Uh, We have to protect the football. You know, we won the turnover battle against uh, Centennial. And the biggest area is modern day just dominated us in the special teams uh, in the earlier matchup in October. they won all facets of, of, of the special teams game, and we're going to have to do a better job and be more focused, you know, on controlling that aspect of it from our sides because we didn't execute, and their kickers really put us behind the eight ball. Jason Negro, the head coach at uh, St. John Bosco, if you want to check out the highlights from that first game back in, um, in October, go to High School Football America. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go inside the Braves with a guy that's seen him quite a bit this year. As a matter of fact, uh, J.J. Fiddler and I from the uh, Press-Telegram in Long Beach, we were out there at uh, one of the first practices back in August when uh, at that point the Braves were getting ready to take a big uh, road trip to Ohio where they uh, they played and beat very handily uh, St. Xavier, one of the, uh, the top teams uh, year in and year out. They're actually playing for uh, a division one Ohio title on Friday night, uh, taking on uh, St. Ignatius, number 22 in the land. Uh, St. X is number 31 in the latest High School Football America national rankings, and uh, that was when we we first uh, saw what uh, they were working on, and now here we are uh, already in December in the big game Saturday night as uh, number three, Modern Day, will take on number seven, St. John Bosco, for the CIF Southern Section Division I title. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with J.J. Fiddler of the Press-Telegram. That and more, you're listening to High School Football America.
Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. 
Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in. It's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Once again, in 2016, High School Football America and USA Today High School Sports teaming up to give you great national high school football coverage and specific coverage from Southern California. Check them out at usatodayhss.com. Well, uh, if you're just joining us, you'll uh, you'll have missed a, a large part of the preview that we're doing on the game of the week in the nation as number three, modern day in the high school football America top 25, takes on number seven, St. John Bosco. We've heard... Uh, from uh, Dan Albano at the OC Register about Modern Day, and now we're going to bring in a guy that's seen uh, Bosco a lot. As a matter of fact, I, I think I saw J.J. Fiddler from the Press-Telegram out there one of the first days of camp this year back in, in August on a Saturday, and he joins us now to talk about uh, what is a very good Braves football team that's, give or take a couple of quarters, just, just an inch away from being undefeated going into this one. Welcome to the show, J.J. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're, you are right, a couple plays away from, from being at the top of your rankings. Yeah, absolutely. And they began the season, uh, you know, ranked number one. We had talked about that that Saturday. And, uh, you know, the, the game against Gorman and the, and the game against Modern Day, uh, two games that they, uh, they had at the half. So let's kind of maybe start from that standpoint, which is, you know, how do you believe those two games have, have helped them and prepare them for this big game at Angel Stadium on Saturday night? Yeah, you can't say enough about the quality of the schedule Jason Negro has put together. I mean, other than those two games, you talk about their first game against St. Xavier, they're still playing this weekend. Second game at La Mirada, they're playing for a title this weekend. Obviously, Bishop Gorman, St. Mary's up in Stockton, they're still playing. So St. John Bosco has really gone through the fire before they even reached the Trinity League schedule where they played a quarterfinal team, and now we're going to have to play modern day for the second time. But I talked to Coach Negro the other day, and he was saying that the end of the Corona Centennial game in the semifinal just this last week, the barn burner of a fourth quarter, that was the first time his defense needed a stop in the fourth quarter and got a stop in the fourth quarter in a big game. They needed it against Gorman, didn't get it. They needed it against Modern Day the first time they played and didn't get it. They finally got it against Centennial. And I think that mentally, for that defense specifically, knowing that they can do it against one of the best offenses in the country – by doing it against Centennial gives them that confidence needed to go and you know take care of business against Modern Day because the defense did really play very, very well 
against modern day in the regular season matchup. I mean, JT Daniels was coming in averaging almost 3,300 yards passing per game, and I think he was at about under 200, almost 160. Yeah, Dan and I just talked about uh, that earlier on the show where I remember uh, JT afterwards said, uh, and, and he said it this way, he said, uh, they saved my butt. <laughs> he didn't had not played his best game of the year. That was the worst one he's probably played this year. J.J. Fiddler on the line tonight. Uh, Press Telegram out of Long Beach. They do a great job uh, covering high school sports in the area, and uh, J.J. has seen a lot of them. Uh, t- t- let's talk a little bit about uh, how this team has evolved. You know, certainly you 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 talked about how they they they've bounced back from these two tough losses and they've gotten better to the point where they won against Corona Centennial. But where do you, where has this team improved the most from those preseason you know camps uh, sessions to the big game on the mm-hmm. road in Ohio? Can can you kind of point to a couple of things and say this is what the, this is why the Braves are where they are right now? You know, I'll point to just one player, quarterback Ray Al Mitchell. You know, the junior came into this championship game against Corona Centennial last year after the injury to starter Quentin Davis, and he almost led Bosco to, to that victory. Very, very close game down to the wire, and he's just a completely different quarterback from that kid a year later. He's stronger. His, his, his mind is working faster. The game is a little bit slower for him now. And I think a big reason why he's been able to mature and develop into what is now probably one of the best dual threat quarterbacks in the nation is because Coach Negro and his coaching staff took it slow with Mitchell. And they didn't try to throw the entire uh, playbook at him on day one. Um, as a as a starting junior, you know he's he's still a junior. It's, it's easy to forget <laughs> that, but he's got uh, over 800 yards passing in these playoff games, and more importantly, he's got 10 touchdowns and just one turnover in these playoffs. So I think that when Morel Mitchell is at his best, Bosco is one of the best in the nation, and he is reaching his peak right now. He's playing the best ball of the season right now, and therefore Bosco is playing the best ball of their season. Yeah, and I remember talking to Jason Negro a couple of times, I think before the Gorman game, and said, you know, people have got to calm down here a little bit. He he, he is exactly where he needs to be, and, uh, you know, Jason knows a thing or two about quarterbacks, and, and that's probably a good question to ask you right now. Uh, you know, he's had to follow a guy named Josh Rosen. Uh, you know, Quentin Davis had a fantastic year last year. How much pressure was on Real coming into this season? I don't think it stopped. I think he's been under pressure um, all season, every game. Everybody's watching everything he does. You know, it's obviously the most visible position on the field. And there are plenty of guys on the field who have been developed throughout this season. I mean, you could go to the defensive side of the ball, um, but look at the receiving core. The The receiving core for Bosco is miles better than it was in the beginning of the season. But that's a little harder to see when you're watching the guy take the ball every snap. So, you know, I think that uh, the pressure has been huge. I think you saw it online and on social media last week with Corona Centennial uh, firing some shots Mitchell's way before that game, uh, talking about how it must be hard not being able to call your entire offensive playbook because your quarterback doesn't have a strong arm. And he really (laughs) went out and let his play do the talking for him on Friday night. I mean, I I can't remember – a game in which a quarterback performed as well in a more pressure-filled situation than what Mitchell did on Friday night at Cerritos College. 
Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, J.J. Fiddler on the line tonight uh, getting the preview of the St. John Bosco Braves. Uh, began the season number one in our preseason top 25. Uh, fell uh, just to, I think they got as uh, low as 13, but back up to seven after the win on Corona Centennial. Uh, you talked about the receivers, the running game uh, this year, which was, you know, a, a, as Real, you know, improved, you know, the running game had a lot of pressure on it. Talk a little bit about that offensive line and what you like about the Braves up front. Oh, physicality and a mean streak that we haven't seen in this area in a while. Wyatt Davis on his way to Ohio State, also an Army All-American, is, uh, is one of the best offensive linemen in the country. Uh, he's definitely going to be on the top of our yearly awards at the end of the year. 6'5", 311, and that's a generous 311. <laughs> might be a little bit heavier than yeah, that. Yeah, a little bit. After Thanksgiving, <laughs> after Thanksgiving last week, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, the mean streak on that offensive line is, is, is very, very uh, important for that running game because, you know, it's not your average uh, two-back set push forward. It is that read option, and they are a little bit thinner up there than they have been in recent years. I remember in 2013, I think they had two full offensive lines. They were that deep when they won the national championship and this year they are not that much they're not that deep this year so uh so I think Davis is a huge part of that but even more more so with Mitchell back there and Beasley and Flowers you know all of those guys are very capable I think it's going to be more important for that which running game steps up in the second half they were the much better running team in the first half in the first game against Mm -hmm. modern day in the second half it was the Monarchs running and rushing attack that turned that game around early in the fourth quarter, got them down for their first touchdown in the fourth, and then set up the second touchdown. So I really think that the running game in the second half, at the end of the night on Saturday, when we look back at the stats, the team who ran the ball better in the second half is going to be listing that uh, championship plaque. Yeah, and we're going to ask you for your uh, opinion right at the end here on and predict a winner for us. J.J. Fiddler from the Press-Telegram in, in Long Beach. Again, uh, just an outstanding job by uh, your whole team there and what you guys do uh, covering the local sports scene, and I congratulate you on that. Now let's flip it over on the other side because I love, I've loved this defense for a couple of years, the speed, the quickness. You know, in, in that box there, I, I don't know that I've seen a team this good in a long time. Uh, give me your take on, on how good this St. John Bosco defense is and has been this year. Well, I mean, think of it. Think of it this way, okay? You've got uh, one of the better defensive linemen in South Spina, uh, junior, six two, two eighty one. He's already got some Pac twelve looks. He single handedly almost dismantled the Servite offensive line, and then in the next week, he uh, hurt his knee and uh, is out with an ACL for the rest of the season. Bosco has not missed a beat with him out. It's a fact, to the fact that they went three down linemen against modern day because they didn't have style mm-hmm. and still were able to perform as well as they did. So, I mean, you, you know, you got Jacob Collier down there as well, uh, defensive end. He's had a sack in every game um, in the regular season. Uh, and the defensive backs, you know, they've been, definitely been challenged. I mean, they've gone against arguably the best quarterbacks in the nation in Martell and Daniels from, Bos- from uh, Gorman and modern day, respectively. Um, so, you know, I, I'd say that, like I said before, the ability to stop Corona Centennial in the fourth quarter and finally clinch a win will do more for that defense than any stat or scheme or anything. They believe that they can stop 
modern day, and, and I think that's going to carry them pretty far. Yeah, that little chip on the shoulder from the, the Gorman and the modern day uh, game one uh, will, will carry a long way. Uh, let's talk about, and I talked to Jason about this on Monday when I saw him. He, he likes being in a position to, you know, make modern day beat him twice this year, you know, and we've seen this uh, in a couple of states already where we've had, you know, rematches, you know, regular season, one team wins, state championship or a championship game, the the, the team that lost comes back. What What's your take on, on, on game? Game number two, especially when you have you know two teams that are so evenly matched. Yeah, I think we're going to be in for another barn burner between these two. Uh, Coach Rollins and I spoke with him as well, and he was talking about how these kids know each other so well. They're spending summers together on seven and seven passing, you know, summer passing stuff. They play each other at least once a year. Um, that, that that there's not really a lot that they can change, um, but. Gosh, you can't imagine that a guy who's been around as long as Rawlinson and a guy who is as smart as uh, Negro aren't going to have a couple uh, tricks up their sleeve, um, maybe a couple wrinkles. But, yeah, it is. That is the old uh, adage. It is hard to beat a good team twice. And I think Bosco, in terms of confidence and hunger, would have the edge going into this game. I I would pick Bosco to win it because in the fourth quarter – one or two things go differently, I think we would have seen a modern-day Corona Centennial semifinal. So I think the team that won the tough game in the semis kind of has a little bit of an edge. You know, it's like in baseball when the wild-card team gets hot, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they're playing the team who's been waiting for them for a couple weeks, and the wild-card team looks a little bit more hungry, maybe a little bit more edge, like you said. Got that chip on their shoulder, trying to get a little payback. Absolutely, JJ Fiddler on the line from the Press Telegram in Long Beach, and uh, you've you've already said you you, you like Bosco. I, I put the noose around Dan Albano's neck. He he gave us our uh, his prediction, and uh, I, I'm I'm smart enough to know that I shouldn't do that. I have to walk the line here. I <laughs> I, I, I gotta love everybody here. It's a it's a love fest, but I I can put a noose around your neck. So give give us a prediction and and why you think it's going to turn out that way. Well, I was surprised that it was as low scoring as it was. Um, and I think some of that had to do with both teams. You know, it's the middle of their season. The, the game really didn't decide where they were going to be because look at them now. They're both uh, in the final. So I think we're going to see both offenses kind of open it up a little bit more, maybe take a little bit more, take a few more chances. Um, I think that might mean a few more shots down the field from modern day, which they did not do that much against the Bosco secondary. Uh, and I think that might mean letting Raul Mitchell get out there a little bit more for Bosco and make some plays and take the leash off him a little bit. I would give, again, like I said, Bosco the edge, and I think it's going to be a little bit more high, sco- high scoring. So modern day took the first one 26-21. I'll say that uh, Bosco takes this one. 36-31. There you go. Well, either way, I think uh, we're all going to be seeing an awesome game uh, Saturday night at uh, Angel Stadium. And I'm going to do the same thing I did with Dan before I, I let him go. Uh, you, you, it's not just, you know, Bosco. Uh, we've got 13 divisions playing championships. And you've got some other teams up in your area that are going after uh, sectional titles here in the very tough uh, CAF Southern section. Uh, give us a little snapshot of some of those teams there that have uh, played well this year. Maybe not the, the same national pub that Bosco gets, but can you give us a little snapshot? Yeah, I just mentioned them, actually. La Mirada and head coach Mike Machete really building a program out there. They won their first ever state title last year. They also won the section title, so they're trying to repeat there, going against a uh, coaching legend in, uh, in Coach White and, uh, and Edison High School. That's on Friday night. So that should be a great game, a cool matchup between an old-school run-first offense from, moderate, from uh, La Mirada and a, uh, and a throw-it-whenever-possible offense 
for the Edison Chargers. Um, on Saturday, actually, we've got two local smaller private schools. Bosco is the big private school in our area, but two local small private schools, St. Anthony and Valley Christian, are both going to be playing in championship games on Saturday night. St. Anthony is at Aquinas, and Valley Christian is hosting Silverado. So great to see those smaller schools getting into those championship games. We've had a uh, playoff revolution here in our southern section. The CIF playoff equity has shaken up these divisions, and some teams have gotten uh, maybe a little bit more of a fair shake mm-hmm. here in the playoffs. And, and, we, and we've seen it because now we're covering games a little bit deeper into the football season. And, hey, as a guy who uh, played it all his life and loves the game, I've got no problem with that. Championship week is the best. And yeah. to have more games to cover is okay with me. No doubt about it. But uh, overall, uh, because you, you do bring both sides to, to the table here, you, you like competitive equity because, of course, it's a crapshoot the first couple of years. It's going to have to sort out. I think it's done a good job. I was just curious what you, you think of the uh, competitive equity going, going this uh, this. Yeah. Team. Yeah, it is. It is definitely going to take a few years for everybody to feel like they're getting a fair shake. But you look at a team like Long Beach Wilson, who has been in the Moore League playing behind Long Beach Poly forever. And Long Beach Wilson has never been able to get out of that shadow, even in the postseason when they don't see Pauly. And they've got to play the other Division One game. Well, you move Long Beach Wilson down, they get to their first final since 1991. Uh, excuse me, first semifinal since 1991 uh, this year. And, um, and they, uh, they fell on the last play, actually, to Los Altos. So you look at a team and a school with so much history like Wilson, and now all of a sudden they're going through a football revolution where they feel like they can uh, have postseason success. And that really changes everything, Jeff. It yeah. changes everything from, you know, the summer step-ups, uh, you know, preparing for the season to the scheduling and, and all that stuff. So I think uh, the future is very bright for everyone because playoff equity gives everybody a chance. Yeah, that's for sure. J.J. Fiddler on the line and uh, just made me think of one other question because it's the one that I get the most whenever I'm, you know, around the country and, and you know, people will say, Polly, uh, aren't they the long time? And yes, they are the long time, but uh, they, they noticed that it's not been the uh, the jackrabbits of old. Uh, probably no better person to ask than you on, you know, the, the, the change within the program there. Uh, what is Long Beach? Polly obviously, um, you know, uh, played a couple of big national games this year weren't very competitive. I saw them against Mission uh, Viejo, a game that was close for a little bit. But uh, what, what's the deal there? Uh, many people thought Antonio Pierce coming in could make a big difference. How, how do you see what's going on there on the campus? I think the best way to explain it is um, look at Long Beach and the greater Long Beach area, and that includes Bellflower, where St. John Bosco is, and the uh, northern part of Orange County, where Modern Day is, and even as far as La Mirada. In that area, Long Beach Poly was the team for a very, very long time. So when you had your best football players in the local Pop Warners, the LB Browns, you know, that stuff like mm-hmm. that, those kids went to Poly. There was no question. Nobody, nobody thought Deshaun Jackson was going to go anywhere other than Long Beach Poly. That's not the case anymore. You've got private schools now who have a further reach than ever before, and obviously they're great for kids. You know, you look at a kid like Cross Poyer, starting middle linebacker for Long Beach or for uh, for St. John Bosco. His entire family went to Poly, but when Bosco comes knocking, they won a national championship in 2013. They say, "Hey, come here, play with us. We'll get you a college scholarship." As a family, that's tough to say no to, and I think more of that is happening more in the local area. And for lack of a better term, talent is going elsewhere. And Long Beach Poly is still a very good team in Long Beach. But when you compare them to teams like 
Bosco and La Mirada and Modern Day that has some Long Beach talent on it that used to be a poly, it's tough to match up with that week in and week out. And I think poly is going to have to reassess what their level of success is. And maybe that will move them down in the division a little bit, that playoff equity we could see. We could see Polly in Division Two wow. within two years. And that's just <laughs> that's just crazy to think about. Yeah, sure is. Well, as someone once uh, said, uh, the times, they are a-changing. And that's uh, the best <laughs> way to put that. Well, J.J., really appreciate you joining us on the show tonight. Uh, great job of giving uh, the listeners around the nation and here in Southern California a great in-depth look at uh, St. John Bosco. Look forward to seeing you Saturday night. Should be a dandy, but thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, absolutely. Thank you for the kind words and everything that you do. Take care. We'll see you Saturday. Okay. So there you have it. A 90-minute preview of Saturday's big game at Angel Stadium, the CIF Southern Section Division I Championship between number three, Modern Day, and number seven, St. John Bosco. But folks, we are not done yet. There's a reason we're America's premier high school football radio show. We've got two more big guests on the show as we go over, over, over time tonight. Uh, coming up in just a little bit, we're going to talk with uh, DeMatha head coach Elijah Brooks, uh, getting the four-peat in the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference, taking down St. John's twice uh, from D.C. this year. And then a little bit later, we head to Arizona. Suarez, Jason Mons, the head coach there. Four-peat for them, four championships in five years as the head coach. So stay with us when we come back. We're talking DeMatha football. You're listening to High School Football America. Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, You'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, 
and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down-and-distance report for your staff so you can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in. It's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest decision. Advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today, HSS.com. That's USA Today High School Sports. Get the Super 25 every Monday. And once again in 2016, High School Football America and USA Today High School Sports teaming up for great national high school sports coverage and specific coverage from Southern California. Check them out again at usatodayhss.com. Well, a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think this uh, man has come off of the high that occurred there in the uh, Baltimore, D.C. area as the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference Championship game came down to a nail-biter between number 4 DeMatha and uh, St. John's College as they, uh, they, they fought a couple of times this year. We had Coach Brooks on the show uh, just before the first battle, and uh, they won their fourth straight uh, WCAC championship with that one. They won six straight back in 2003-2008. Maybe that's the next goal for them. But what a season, undefeated. They come back from a 15-point deficit in the final seven minutes and 18 seconds to win the championship. And Coach Brooks, who's been on the show before, joins us now to talk about that great win. And we might even sneak a peek at 2017. Welcome to the show, Coach. Hey, thanks a lot, Jeff. Always a pleasure to be on. Yeah, well, before we roll the tape here, you said that turkey tasted pretty darn good last week, a little bit tastier. Let's dial it back a couple of weeks and, and talk about that that incredible game over St. John's. You're down 
with seven minutes and 18 seconds to go. You're down 15 points. Uh, what are you thinking at that point? You know, uh, St. John's uh, played an extremely uh, fantastic game. And, uh, you know, we, we just weren't executing the way that uh, we had done all, all season. And uh, credit to, to my kids, they, they never quite, uh, you know, gave up at any point. And so while things looked bleak, uh, we were just all thinking if, if one thing can, can, could break for us, whether it's a turnover, a big play offensively, then then we still are, are in the game. And, you know, the football guys were on our side and, and we got a fumble, which, you know, got us going and, and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah Brooks on the line, head coach at DeMathie. He's been there since uh, 2011, has done a fantastic job. Uh, the program never slipped that much. Uh, good Council won four championships there, but Coach Brooks has him on the path there where DeMathie, uh, the longtime power in the WCAC, is doing a lot of great things. Number four, again, in the uh, High School Football American National Rankings and all the national ranking polls have him there in the top five. Um, coach, uh, probably one of the things you were thankful for on Thanksgiving was a young man by the name of Bo English. I guess that didn't hurt too much to have him <laughs> taking snaps there when you're down by that much that late in the ball game. Tell us a little bit about you know his role in that and just his role in the program over the last several years. You know, uh, Bo, Bo saved I guess his last performance. You know, his best performance. Uh, you know, for the championship game, and um, he he's been a fantastic leader, um, leading us to our, the past three championships that we played in as the starting quarterback. And he's always been consistent. He's always, you know, been a winner. And it's one of those things, he can be off, you know, for, for two, three quarters. Um, but when the game is on the line and plays need to be made, whether it's with his feet or, or with his arm, he just always finds a way to come through and, and make those plays. So, uh, without a doubt, Bo's had a fantastic career here at the math and, and he's going to, you know, do some great things at the Air Force Academy. And uh, it's just been a pleasure to coach him yeah and and let's talk about let's not just make it all about Bo let's get some other kids in here by name because obviously winning four straight you know conference championships is no small small feat uh who are some of the other kids that have been around for a couple of years that you're very pleased with and happy with and and made this all possible to win you know back to back to back to back championships yeah our offense and defenses don't go without the production of our offense and defensive lines. You know, those guys up front in the trenches, um, you know, have done it for us, you know, all year. Uh, unfortunately, we lost um, our, our top lineman, Marcus Minor, uh, a couple weeks back um, on ESPN in a good council game. And so we had to have some, some guys step up. So senior Zach Lyons, who's been a two-year starter all year, here, uh, moved from guard to center. Um, Victor Oluwatimi, um, he moved from, from starting center to left tackle in place of, of Marcus Minor. And then we had uh, Austin Fontaine, who was a two-way player for us all year, did a fantastic job. Uh, Evan Gregory, an outstanding junior right tackle who, who did some great things. And then Michael Holt, who was a newcomer this year, that really had to step up as a junior and play that guard position both offensively and defensively and did a fantastic job. On the defense side of the ball, we, we had uh, Chase Young, who led the way again this year, just um, just a fantastic player, had to do Ohio State next year. Um, he, he ended the season with 19 sacks, you know, over 100 tackles, um, a couple interceptions for, for touchdowns, just a, an elite player. Um, and then on the other side, you had Gregory Rose, who, who 
uh, also played defensive end, who just did a fantastic job. Um, so without a doubt, those guys up front, you know, definitely paved the way, um, you know, for our success this year. Talking with Elijah Brooks, head coach at DeMath at number four in the land uh, out of Maryland. And, and coach, um, you know, one of the beauty beautiful things about high school football is it changes fairly regularly. I can't imagine what that conversation was with your senior leadership that, that now moves on, but I'm sure you've had that conversation, uh, although school's not over yet. But kind of what, what uh, take us inside those conversations. What were some of the things that you said to those young men that uh, have made a difference and brought DeMatha back to not only the top of the heap there in the, 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 the beltway, but, but also nationally? You know, this this. this senior class that's, that's leaving, they're, they're a special group. You know, they they came in and, and they were, I guess you consider the, the runts of the math. They, they had the smallest class um, during my tenure. I think on that freshman team, there were only like 21 guys on the team. And granted, we, we had some transfers, but this was the class that um, people were expecting the, the least from. And for those guys to believe in themselves, believe in the, the math of tradition, and, and just continue to compete um, day in, day out. They, they've kind of set the, the way for guys coming up behind them. And um, without a doubt, I'm extremely proud of them. They represented this program the right way. And uh, the Matha Nation was just, uh, many have called it the, the greatest Matha game they've seen. And, it, and as a coach, it just makes you feel feel proud. Yeah, and, you know, we've had such great, you know, some of the top conferences this year. Uh, in, in Indiana, for example, uh, you know, Center Grove was doing well. They had to meet another team a second time. Uh, it's happening in Jersey. It's going to happen out here in Southern California with, with St. John Bosco and Modern mm-hmm. Day this week. Talk to the, the, the mm-hmm. listeners out there about how difficult it is to beat a team a second time, especially in the conference you play in. Because I'll tell you what, and, and again, I didn't see any games this year, but read a lot and talked to a lot of people back there. Such great balance and such great talent in the league this year. How difficult is it to beat a team a second time uh, in a season? It's extremely tough. And, you know, for us, you know, we play a lot of top uh, programs across the country, and we feel better about our chances against, you know, some some uh, out-of-conference uh, opponents just because we know that neither one of us are familiar with each other. We're only going to see them one time. Um, but to come home and play guys in the conference, there's so much parity in the WCAC. I mean, you'll face, you know, a team like Gonzaga, St. John's, Good Counsel, and those guys have, you know, 10 or more, you know, Division One players on, on, on their team. And so if you're lucky enough to get them in the regular season um, – it's a good chance you'll have to see, you know, two teams twice and once in the playoffs, once in the championship. And it's just very difficult. It's difficult to keep your team mentally up for, for, for the game. Um, you, you, you tend to, to try to, you know, not show your hand in the, in the first matchup and have some wrinkles for the second matchup. But it's just extremely tough to beat a, a team once in, in our league, let alone twice in a year. Yeah, and in order to get to the championship, I should point out that you had your arch rival that you played end of the regular season on ESPN, and then you go back at them. Yeah. I, I know that, you know you got to take it always a game at a time, but take us back to that because that had to be interesting. Arch rival back to back weeks. Yeah, it, it was it was tough, and you know, good counsel and, and the math that we've been battling pretty tough 
you know, over the last decade or so. And so no matter what the records are, you know, each year, um, we always know it's going to be a tough game. So we had to play good counsel on national TV, and it was a hard-fought game. And, and both both programs were, were, were kind of playing, you know, chess a little bit. You know, obviously you wanted to show well on national TV, but we knew that we were going to play each other the following week. Um, so – it, it was it was definitely a slugfest. Um, you know, we had guys on both sides giving it their all. And, um, you know, we had guys who, who got banged up on, on both sides. So, again, you know, it, it it's not, you know, you have to do it in order to get to the next step. But as, as a coach and as a program, it's not anything that you look forward to. Yeah, that's for sure. Elijah Brooks on the line here. Uh, DeMatha High School, number four in the land. And as we uh, go away here, Coach, like I said at the beginning, uh, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't give those people out there that are chomping at the bit for 2017 already a little sneak peek inside. But uh, ha- have, have you even taken the time to think about what you have coming back and what 2017 looks like? What's, what's the off season? Are you already back in the weight room? Tell us a little bit about that. No, we, 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 our guys have worked hard. Uh, we, we'll give them, um, you know, December off. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll have time to kind of recoup and, and get themselves together. And then as soon as we return to school after the new year, we'll, we'll, we'll hit the weight room, uh, you know, four days a week. And, you know, we'll, we'll be training hard, you know, in our quest to, to, uh, defend our, our championship. And, you know, we have some talent coming back. Um, you know, we have a lot of underclassmen. Uh, who stepped up this year when they, when they needed to? Uh, quarterback Tyler Linhart, who will be a senior, um, who, who who stepped in and had some big games for us this year. Um, running back Miles Myrie, he caught the game-winning championship um, uh, game. Excuse me, game-winning catch in the championship uh, this past past game. And uh, you know, we just have so so many young. Uh, talented guys who are going to step up and contribute so we're, we're excited about the upcoming year well that's great and uh, you know we want you to enjoy the holidays we've appreciated your friendship here on the air and look forward to uh, 2017 but uh, you got another month like you said to celebrate uh, 2016 which was incredible <laughs> coach thanks for joining us on the air tonight hey thanks a lot jeff appreciate it very welcome taking a break coming back with more you're listening to high school football america Instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes, the future is here with Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's Instant Replay Sideline System to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo Instant Replay Sideline System works with both your current booth and end zone cameras. Plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. 
advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's game film breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account... You This portion of High School Football America brought to you by USA Today High School Sports. Once again in 2016, High School Football America and USA Today High School Sports teaming up to give you great national high school football coverage and coverage specifically from Southern California. Check them out at usatodayhss.com. Don't forget, the Super 25 comes out every Monday. Well, just a few moments ago, we uh, talked about a team in the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference that got a four-peat. Now we head west to Arizona, where uh, Sawara won its fourth straight state title last weekend. Jason Mons uh, completing his fifth year as the head coach there of the Sabercats. Uh, four state titles during that run, 25 straight victories at this point, uh, a, a large senior class that took them to another championship. And Coach Mons is on the line right now to talk about what was a fantastic Fantastic 2016 season. Welcome to the show, Coach. 
Hey, thank you very much. Sure. Before we kind of hop into this, let's let's talk about the fact, uh, the success you've had since taking over the program. I know you were there as an assistant before, but let's talk about the foundation that you laid when you took over the program that has, has enabled your team, your program, to win four straight titles. Is there anything you did back then in that on day one or, or day one of getting the job that, that kind of set the tone for what happened last week? Yeah, you know, I inherited a, a, a championship caliber program, um, you know, had, had won several titles as an assistant, as an office coordinator before that as a, a lower level assistant. So the biggest thing for me, there was a little bit of a, of a kind of a culture issue where, you know, the, the emphasis was, was had really been put on winning, um, almost winning at all costs. And, and so, you know, I was tabbed to come in and, and, uh, and, and try to kind of change the culture as far as doing things a little bit better off the field and, and, and being a little bit more involved in the community and representing our school and the community in a, in a better light. So that was really the focus. And, and, you know, my first year, um, you know, we had won back-to-back championships uh, going into my first year as a head coach and, and we actually lost in the, in the quarterfinals and, um, you know, really considered a, a failure <laughs> down year. Uh, but I think we laid the foundation for, for how we were going to do things, um, you know, as a program uh, on and off the field. And, and we had some really good buy-in from some of the younger guys and, and, uh, you know, I think it's just slowly built up to now where, you know, we feel like we're, we're, we're playing at a high level. We're, we're doing things well off the field. You know, we had uh, 12 starters this year that had a 3.5 GPA or better. Um, so we, we feel like we, we've kind of really built this program into the complete package and, and really proud of what these kids have done. Congrats on the uh, true student and the student athlete there. Jason Mons uh, from Saguaro on the line tonight on High School Football America, winning its fourth straight Arizona State Championship uh, 4A style this past weekend, 61-7 uh, and seven in his time as the head coach there. And, uh, you know, Coach, one of the things that, uh, you know, happens when you build a program to this level, you got to kind of go and find uh, other ways to improve. And one of the things you did at the beginning of the year uh, is you, you took on two very tough programs before you came back in state, uh, Valor Christian out of Colorado, and, and a team that I know very well out here in Southern California, uh, Sarah from Gardena. Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about um, you know building that uh, out-of-state schedule and how that helped you once you got back in-state playing those tough uh, couple of teams, uh, one on national television, I guess, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you know, we, uh, you know we've been very successful as a program in the state of Arizona and had never actually gone out of the state for, to, for a game. So, you know, we kind of decided with, with a really strong senior class, we, we wanted some new experiences for those kids. You know, we've always tried to schedule uh, tough opponents early in the season. And, and last year we played the, you know, Arizona Division One state champion uh, Centennial out in Peoria. And that was a great test for us. And, and you know, we want to kind of find out where we're at early in the year so that we have the rest of the season to to work on improving and getting better because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's not about going undefeated. It's about winning state championships. And, and uh, so we've always tried to test ourselves. And, and so with this, with this great senior class, we, we thought it would be a, a great time uh, opportunity to, to try to find some out of state opponents and, and really see how we stack up on more of a national scale. And, um, you know, talked to coach Altenberg and, and, and uh, had them come out for the, the double zero week in California, which is our zero week here. And, um, you know, obviously they were a younger team this year, uh, still ended up going six and zero in the, in the uh, mission league out there, but uh, was a great test for us. A great first game. It was, it was a real competitive game throughout. They were actually up at halftime, and then we started playing some good football and, and uh, kind of locked it down defensively in the second half, and, and ended up getting a victory. And it was just a great start from a momentum standpoint. Uh, there was not a, a, very many other games in the state of Arizona, so the, the turnout was phenomenal. There was a lot of people locally here that really wanted to come out and see what Sarah was all about. Obviously, with their 
tradition of sending phenomenal players on to the next level. You know, I think they've got half of USC's roster, uh, <laughs> our, our guys that played at Sarah. Um, and then we went the very next week and, and uh, had the opportunity to play uh, on ESPN against Valor Christian and, and uh, obviously their big time quarterback, Dylan McCaffrey. And that was really uh, kind of, I guess, our national coming out party where people that may have heard of us before um, got a chance to, to tune in and, and watch us play. And I really thought we uh, put our best foot forward. We played, we played a heck of a game, um, you know, really controlled the game from start to finish. And uh, that was for our kids playing their, their first game out of state, you know, flying, flying out to Denver and, and staying in the hotel for the first time. They, they really approached it. Uh, in a business-like fashion. And I think, you know, you can credit that to our senior leadership, but it was a, it was a great experience. And, you know, we've, we've won quite a few state championships over the years here. Those first two wins, uh, you know, they, they weren't exactly the same as winning a state championship, but they, they felt closer to that than any other regular season win that we've had in a long time, just because of the magnitude of, of, uh, you know, all the eyes on us, watching us and, and being able to really represent, all the players that came before, uh, you know, we've got big time players. We've got guys in the NFL and, and guys playing major college football. And, and that was kind of our, our chance to, to show, you know, the, the, the country that, that, you know, Solar was a good football program and, and we can hang with some of the top teams around the country. Yeah. And Valor Christian playing for a five, uh, a state title in Colorado this week's and uh, know how good Sarah ended up. You're right. Young team that really blossomed. So you beat two good programs there. Jason Mons on the line talking Saguaro football tonight. And you talked about that senior leadership. I think I read 30 seniors on the team before we rolled the tape here. I, I did a count in the 24 seven sports uh, uh, top 65. I think you you have uh, 11, seniors in the top 58 there tell me a little bit about this senior class as a whole and then we'll get some kids in here by by name but uh how how important I I know how important a senior class is but how much of a role did they take in leadership in in, in getting this fourth championship for your program yeah they were huge you know this this year uh more so than any other year I can remember just was so enjoyable uh, as a coach and and really for our whole coaching staff the year flew by and and that's you know attribute that to our leadership from those seniors, they, they held the team accountable. They held each other accountable. Um, they, they, they bought in and, you know, you, you said, you know, we had 11 players that have, or we have 11 players that have FBS or FCS offers. So, you know, a, a lot of individual talent and people would ask me all the time, Oh, it's gotta be hard, you know, keeping those guys motivated and, and focused and, and, and bought into the team. And it couldn't have been any further from the truth. I mean, we just, those kids really rallied around trying to do something special this year and, and, uh, and trying to be the first team, you know, at our school to win four in a row and, and, and try to, you know, be a team that, that, you know, makes a splash on the national scene. And, and, and it wasn't about individuals. It was about the team. And they, they held the young guys accountable and the young guys respected them so much that they just busted their butt and they did everything that they needed to do. And uh, no attitudes, no egos. I mean, we really did not have any major bumps in the road um, all, all season long. And, you know, it's just, it's just the kids that, that have a respect for the tradition of this program. And, and really, I think collectively as a group, wanted to leave their legacy and wanted it to be a special one. And, and they, they really did it from start to finish. Um, there, was, there was no letdown all year long. And that's, that's tough to do when, you know, we, we went all the way back to January when, when we started really working for this thing. So, you know, they almost made it you know, about 11 months of a grind um, without really any major letdown. So really, really proud of that, that group of seniors. Not easy to do, that's for sure. And uh, you have been rewarded with all four of the national ranking services, including ours, having you in the top 25. You're at 25 in our algorithm ranking. Uh, Jason Mons on the line, Saguaro, four straight state titles. And uh, one of the things I love about doing this show, as opposed to some of the other things I've done where I've had time limits, is you get to allow the coaches to talk about the kids by name and get some of the kids in there that you, you feel really stood out this year. And again, you've got a lot of kids that are going to play at the next level, but I'd love for you to 
to give the listeners a little bit of snapshot of who your kids are and why you think that uh, you know they they were the kids that uh, that that got the job done during that long eleven month grind. So let's uh, let's start an offense and talk about some of the kids that uh, you thought did an outstanding job for you this year. For sure. Well, you know, I think it starts with uh, our offensive line was just absolutely dominant this year. Um, a really, really talented group. Um, you know, three of those guys with with major division one offers. Uh, actually, our our region offensive player of the year was our left tackle Corey Stevens. And in my ten years of, of being here at Saguaro, I've, I've never seen a offensive lineman win a, a an offensive player of the year award at, at the state or, or region level. So, you know, Corey's a three year starter. Um, he's committed to Arizona State. And uh, not only is he a phenomenal player, but he's a great leader. He's a technician, um, you know, almost like having another coach on the field. If, if, he, if he decides that he doesn't want to make a lot of money in the business uh, sector, then, then he'll be a great coach one day. Um, and then, you know, the opposite of him, our right tackle, Jack's Waycaser, who's really blown up in his recruiting um, throughout the course of his senior season. You know, he, he was a, he was a, a six foot four, 230 pound defensive end as a junior. And, and, and now he's a six foot five, 260 plus pound offensive tackle and um you know i think he's he's right at about 20 offers picked up ucla and oregon and utah and um and, and a lot of other big time schools as the season went on and he was just a dominant force um up front and then next to him our right guard sean seawards who actually was a transfer to us a uh, kid that had only played on the defensive line uh, as a junior didn't play any offensive line and, and we converted him into a guard and he's six foot four 320 pound athlete that's that's got uh, fbs offers and and he just as the season went on got better and better and better I really think that's where offensively for us, it started up front there. Um, but you can look at our quarterback, Max Massengale, who actually is, is one of my, my uh, studs coming back. He's a junior. Uh, he really had his coming out party uh, on TV against, uh, against Valor Christian and kind of stole the show from, uh, from McCaffrey, uh, you know, threw for, threw for uh, 200 yards and, and rushed for 150 yards. And, and uh, he uh, ended up going over, uh, over 2,300 passing and, and over 1,000 yards rushing. Um, kind of a spitting image, a clone of a kid we had a couple of years back named Luke Rubenzer, who was a uh, elite 11 kid, the Gatorade player of the year that's at Cal now. And, uh, and Max just really had a phenomenal year for us. And then we were really balanced. You know, we, we've got a, a, a division one tight end, Jared Poplowski committed to Arizona state um, that really makes us multiple offensively without having to change personnel. You know, Jared is a great run blocker as an inline tight end. He's a super athlete that can flex out and run routes and, and line up as an H back and, um, you know, maybe not the, the, the overwhelming uh, receiving stats, um, but the impact that he had on the game was huge all year long. And then uh, from a receiving standpoint, you know, we have uh, Donovan Dalton uh, was a big play receiver for us all year long, who's also a starting corner. And Donovan's, uh, you know, six three and a half, uh, about 200 pounds and got a six six wingspan. And he was that big play over the top um, receiver that really fo- forced teams to uh, to have to play safeties over the top of him. And and take guys out of the box and, and that allowed us to have numbers in the box and, and to run the ball. So I think those are the guys I could probably go on and on and, and mm-hmm. name about four or five more guys. But those, those are the guys that, that I think really stood out and, and made us, made us very dynamic on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. We try to get as many names as we can. Let's flip it over to defense. As they say, defense wins championships. So who were some of the kids over there that did a great job of, as far as leadership and actually on the field uh, action? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, for us, it starts with our, our team leader, uh, three-year starters and inside linebacker, Brant Casey. Um, just, just found out that he won the, uh, the linebacker of the year award for the state of Arizona, um, all levels. Uh, and the kid just is, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve. He, he was our emotional and physical leader um, on the field and off the field. He's a coach's son and, and just one of those kids when, when you talk about a kid that's the definition of a football player, you know, that's, 
you, you pull out, you, you pull out the dictionary and, and you, and you look it up and his picture shows up. He's just physical, hard nosed, dedicated kid that loves the game of football. And, and, uh, and really our team, when you talk about having 11 guys that have division one offers, you know, he was our alpha dog amongst all those guys. And, and we really followed his lead. Um, he had a great year. And, uh, then, you know, I can kind of go across the board. We, we had a, a tremendous outside linebacker, Kyle Soley, uh, who's committed to Arizona state, um, dynamic pass rusher with the ability to, to cover and, uh, great length, uh, up front at the nose tackle position, Brandon Boyce had a, had a tremendous year. He, he was a second on our team in tackles, uh, actually last year as a junior. And again, this year as a, as a senior, um, just ultra productive, high motor kid, um, you know, six one, two ninety five, with long arms and just never, his motor never stops and, and was really disruptive and, and played big in all of our big games all year long. Um, you know, KJ Jarrell is our four-star safety. That's, uh, that's going to play in the army all American game coming up here in January. And he's got offers from everybody in the country and KJ is six, two, you know, 195 pound physical safety that can cover. And he's, he's really rangy and long and, um, uh, just, just made plays in, in the pass game and the run game all year long. Uh, opposite him, Josiah Bradley's a 2018 athlete that, uh, that's a running back safety linebacker kid that's got big time offers already. Um, so I, you know, I felt like our safety position was, was really dynamic. And uh, again, Donovan Dalton, uh, who I talked about, uh, you know, as a receiver at corner, he was our, he was our boundary corner. We matched him up on, on everybody's best receiver all year long. Didn't really give him a lot of help over the top. So we could get our safeties involved in the run game. And, and Donovan was just, was, was lights out all year long. He, he, he didn't give up uh, any big play touchdowns over the top and he was dependable. Um, and then, you know, we had a kid, uh, that's not as big of a, a recruit. He's got division two offers, but Austin Shirley, who was our, our strong side defensive end um, that, you know, surrounded by guys with division one offers and, and, and was arguably our most productive guy. Um, just, just made plays very physical at the point of attack, really smart, good pass rusher. And, and uh, again, another kid that just came up big and every, every big game we played, he, he was ultra productive. Talking with Jason Mons tonight. Uh, Saguaro winning its fourth straight Arizona State title. We're going to give you a little sneak peek on 2017 in a second here. But, Coach, I'd be remiss, uh, especially after an 11-month grind. Uh, you get all the interviews. You get all the glory here. You get, you're get you the, the out-front guy, but you've got a staff there. Uh, tell me a little bit about the staff you put together when you brought in there and guys that are still there and how important a role that they play in the Sabercats' uh, success over the last five years of you being there. Yeah, we've got a tremendous coaching staff. And I, I think, you know, at, 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 at this level, it's, it's, you know, you can go out and you can, you can find guys with great resumes and all that. It's, it's, to me, it's more about finding guys with the right personalities and, and guys that, that really mesh well um, with each other as a staff, but also with the kids. And, and it just comes down to relationships. You, you, if, you get, if you build those relationships with kids and you get that buy-in, uh, these, these kids will run through a wall for you. And, and that's what we have. We've got just a really good group of guys. It's a very diverse group with, with, with very differing backgrounds, but uh, the, the common factor with our coaching staff is, is they really care about these kids and, and they're dedicated and they're, and they're willing to put the time in. But you no, know, my defensive coordinator, Jim Camarillo has, has actually been here at Suarez. This, this was my 10th year overall. He's, I think he's been here for, for 12 or 13 years. Uh, he was, he had been a defensive backs coach. And when I took over, you know, I knew, I knew that he was uh one of our better coaches on the defensive staff and I promoted him to be our defensive coordinator. And it was his first time as a D coordinator and, and uh, he's just gotten better and better and better and really put a good staff around him. Uh, our defensive line coach, Kyle Caldwell uh, played here at Saguaro. Uh, he was an army all American played at Arizona state and uh, has a, has a, you know, obviously a great background as a player and, and is able to translate that into his coaching. Uh, our safeties coach, Max Tabak is another kid that played here at Saguaro. 
that was uh, a player at Arizona State and a, a younger coach, but but does a, such a great job and really relates with our kids well. Our corners coach Bryant Westbrook uh, was a first round pick in the NFL, was All American at Texas, uh, and uh, just a, a tremendous background. Uh, another another guy that the kids just just love and 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 uh, they soak up everything he says like a sponge. And then offensively, you know, my my offensive line coach uh, was probably our MVP. I mean, he just did such a phenomenal job. You know, not only not only with his scheme and the X's and O's, but um, really building the relationship. You know, they they had uh, O line dinners every every week, once a week, and and uh, they just became such a tight knit unit. So Mark, Mark Martinez did a phenomenal job. Uh, my quarterback's coach Sam Keller. Uh, you know, Sam, Sam played at Arizona state mm-hmm. and Nebraska and, and uh, played with open Raiders. And, and so when you have a guy like that, another guy that's played at a really high level that, that can, that can, you know, work with those quarterbacks and, and give them advice and give them pointers, you know, another, another young coach that the kids really, really relate to. Well, um, my receivers coach, Pat Collins is, is just a grinder and he's here all the time and he's busting his butt. So I, I can go on and on. We just have a really good staff of guys and, and, and the, the staff really relates well with the kids and, and, and they like each other. And I think it's, it's contagious when you got a group of guys that, that like coaching and like being around each other, that the kids, the kids, you know, they pick up on that and, and they want to join in on the fun. Yep. Proof is in the pudding Four uh, out of five years there. You've won uh, four straight state championships and coach, before I let you go here, uh, you know, uh, yes, uh, the season's over. You're probably still celebrating, probably giving the kids a little time off before getting back in the weight room. But you mentioned a couple of class of 18 kids there, your quarterback, Max Massingale, uh, Josiah, Josiah Bradley, uh, obviously the cupboard isn't bare. Uh, can you give us a little sneak peek at 2017 yeah you know i, I think uh obviously we, we were going to replace a lot of very talented kids that that you know have made a lot of plays over the years uh, but we we are excited about what we're bringing back you know obviously when you bring back your quarterback when you bring back a you know a, a four-star athlete that that can run the ball and, and be a factor on defense you know giovanni miranda uh, was a, a big time uh receiver safety outside linebacker player for us that's that's you know getting a lot of division one interest uh, Logan Petty John's another kid that's a, a long, athletic, uh, outside linebacker, receiver, uh, H-back type player. Um, we feel good about the the core. Uh, Zach Wilson, uh, a young receiver that was uh, our second leading receiver this year, uh, made big plays in, in all of our big games. And then we've got a very, very talented uh, 2018 and 2019 class. You know, just kind of the the the, the fruits of of the success we've had are, are the young kids that have have come here to be a part of this program. So. Uh, a couple of real talented young tackles and we're going to be young up front on the O-line next year, but, but those guys that, that couple of years from now, everybody's going to be talking about and they're going to know their names. So, you know, we might, we might, uh, we might hit some bumps early as, as we're getting experience for some of our young players, but we're excited about the talent that we have coming back. And we're excited about the, the legacy that these seniors have left with the kids before them, because it was such a special year. And uh, I think those young guys saw what it's like to, to really buy in and commit to something and, and hopefully they'll carry that tradition on sounds exciting what you have going there and congratulations on a fantastic year we appreciate you joining us on the show tonight and continued success uh, maybe we'll be talking to you again at the the end of 2017 with number five there one for the thumb i guess thanks coach for joining us i tonight. sure hope so <laughs> all right thank Ta- you taking a break coming back with more you're listening to high school football america
instant replays on a high school football sideline? Seriously? Yes. The future is here with Echo 1612's instant replay sideline system. Echo's cutting-edge technology was the first to the market two years ago. Echo delivers instant replay to your sideline on an iPad within seconds of a play being finished so that you can make tomorrow's coaching changes today. This NFHS-approved product may be the biggest change in high school football since the invention of the helmet. Coaches, you'll gain a competitive edge by adding Echo 1612's instant replay sideline system to your coaching toolbox. How cool is this? The Echo instant replay sideline system works with both your current booth and end zone cameras plus, and this is an important point, Echo works without any cellular connection, data plans, or internet. The list of high school football programs using Echo 1612 system is growing daily, meaning your opponent may already have a game time advantage. You don't want to be left out, do you? The Echo 1612 advantage is simple. Echo plus an iPad equals instant replay on your sideline that improves your game planning. Seriously, you'll be making coaching adjustments in real time, not the day after. Except no copycats, Echo 1612 is the best on the market. Echo 1612's cutting-edge technology helps you make tomorrow's adjustments today. Learn more at Echo1612.com. Field turf rubber pellets, be gone. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing surfaces out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and locker rooms. The Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is favored by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have the time to tape only for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in the house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is made in America. It's 70% nylon and 30% spandex, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable, machine washable, and more importantly, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor comes in 23 colors and sizes are youth, medium, large, and for that extra big foot, extra large. Founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III, Southern Sport Inc. created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes, allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Get a discount on your order by using the High School Football America code HSFA when you order at TDIRazor.com. That's Razor spelled with a U at TDIRazor.com. If you're scouting your opponents without Crossover's Game Film Breakdown platform, you're missing an opportunity to get a huge edge over the competition. Crossover's service lets you upload game film from your hard drive, video camera, or other websites like Huddle. Their team of football experts will then clip and tag the game with player and formation info so that when you log into your account, you can filter the clips however you'd like. They'll also automatically prepare a comprehensive tendency report and down and distance report for your staff so you can 
can see exactly what your opponents like to call in specific situations. We all know that every coach spends countless hours preparing before a game. It's not about the time you put in, it's about what you do with that time. That's Crossover's biggest advantage. It allows you to use your prep time more efficiently and get an even deeper level of insight since you don't have to waste time setting up the film. Check them out. You're going to love them. You can sign up for a quick free demo at crossover.com forward slash football. That's crossover with a K dot com forward slash football. All right. Well, we went overtime by about an hour and a half, but well worth it tonight as uh, what a great show. Uh, if you missed any of it, it remains in our archives at highschoolfootballamerica.com. I want to thank uh, all of our guests on the show, uh, Coach Bruce Rollinson at Modern Day. We want to thank uh, Jason Negro at St. John Bosco, two great guys that I've gotten to know here over the last four years. Uh, class acts, great coaches, care about their kids. Uh, just the, the one of the reasons, uh, one of the many reasons that I love uh, my career of 40-plus years in, in high school uh, football. And I want to thank uh, Jason Mons at Saguaro in Arizona, Elijah Brooks at uh, DeMatha uh, in Maryland. Uh, great seasons for both of them. We also want to thank Dan Albano of the uh, Orange County Register. Uh, check him out at ocvarsity.com, uh, presstelegram.com as well for J.J. Fiddler, who joined us to talk about uh, Bosco. Danny talking about uh, Modern Day. It's been a great show. It's been a great year, and we still have you know three weeks of football to go. Keep up with all the scores, uh, whether it's the top 25 or all the states still playing on our state-by-state scoreboards powered by ScoreStream. I'm Jeff Fisher saying good night and good sports from Southern California. You've been listening to High School Football America.